Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Drop Frames. We're back. Outriders is out. We took a break last week, but now we're here to talk about it. We got Rami, who played a lot of it. Wait, is Zeke's cam frozen again? Oh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving you the expression, man. The expression, that's right. Wait, what's the expression? Did I miss a conversation? Missed a oh, game. It's, it's, it's from Disco Elysium. Ah, yes. I have not uh, I've not played yet. I got into the, the Monster Hunters, uh, and it, sold. It, it took me in, so I haven't played yet. Uh, yep. But I'm excited it's to hear you guys talk about it. So know both you and uh, Cohen, potentially Rami. Rami, how's it going? Welcome uh, back yeah. to the show. What have you? What you been doing? Uh, I played Monster Hunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played Outriders. I've just genuinely, it's been nice to have games again. Like it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a, a stretch without much big stuff happening. It's yeah. also like, is it just me or is it weird that we're in we're in April by now and there hasn't been like a major first person shooter yet? It's also weird. <laughs> Well, I mean, Outriders, I guess, might fall into that kind category, third, maybe. Kind of third person, but yeah, yeah. it's a shooter. It's a shootery game. It's shooter. Yeah, for sure. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, normally, by this time of year, we have like some shooties going on, but yeah, Outriders is the first one that really scratches that itch uh, this year. That's good, good though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Monster Hunter. I played a lot of Burnout Paradise. I don't know why I ended up back with that game. That's a good one. I was just like. I like you know what I want to race around the city and do some crashes. Here's a here's a hot um, take or a potential for one. What's the best song from Burnout Paradise on the radio? What song do you oh not boy. loop, or rather, do you have on loop? I should say. I think I just kind of leave it playing. Sorry. Okay, you don't you don't turn on uh, Avril Lavigne uh, girlfriend just twenty four seven loop. Oh, I mean no, but I could I could <laughs> see how that would happen, but no. I think maybe <laughs> Skater Boys in that game as well. There's a, there's a lot of random music in that game that just like works because the game's great. Right. I it was it was so funny because I brought my, I brought my Switch to my mom and she's playing Ghost of Tsushima now and having a great time with it. And I I have to like now when I visit I have to stay overnight because we have a curfew in the Netherlands. Ah. So I visit her every now and then to like catch up. We do the social distancing thing. She sits at the other side of the room. Um, but the um, I brought my Switch to play some Burnout Paradise after she would go to bed. Um, and I put it in there. My mom was like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's a racing game. And she ended up playing it. And I think she perfectly summarized Burnout. She was racing. The car was out of control. And then like half a second before she hit a wall, she went, oh, and then there's this beautiful slow motion crash, obviously. She lost it, started laughing, and then she went, the people that made it, they really like car crashes, don't they? I'm just like, yeah, I think that's that's it. You 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 get it. This is this is a game for you. Yeah. We so, need more games with good the crash mode and burnout is potentially one of the best game modes in all games. <laughs> it's it's perfect. Very satisfying. Yeah. It's like ragdolls for cars. Like, yeah. come on. It's where really where good. did that go? We have the technology. Please break some cars. Stop with these licensing deals yeah, where we don't need license cars. Stay in like perfect shape. Like, come on, I want to. I want to race your Audi like straight at a wall and see what happens. Like, that's that's, that's the a video game. Part. That's how a video game that's works. A, yeah. That's a video, and that's what outer. Like, you know what? Let's go to like that's what Outriders gets right. It's a video game. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't forget. Before we do that, though, Zeke, yeah. I need your help. Are you ready? I'm putting you on the ready, spot. Ready, baby. I need. Me. A Mario 
mushroom sound. You got it? Okay, thank you. There we go. I had to make it a little bit bigger. I'm ready to do it. There I'm trying. There we go. It probably wasn't that great. It worked, but it was good. Yeah. It was good. Everyone's oh, got new cameras while this while week. While we're doing stuff, it's my bad, but can you like yeah, there's yeah, still we'll a little a little thing right there? We'll clean that up. There we, we just, go. Uh, there we go. There we go. Thanks, buddy. No thanks, problem. Buddy. No you. problem whatsoever. My camera's cropped different. I got a new I got a replacement. So everyone's on a new camera this week, it turns out. So <laughs> that's just how it goes. Uh, let's jump into some news. Rami's on a uh, tight schedule, just so everyone uh, watching is aware. He's got a hard out around 3 p.m. Eastern, so we got him for two hours. Uh, but I do want to talk about this E3 stuff, because uh, I think me, Cohen Z, can kind of cover it from a streamer slash content creator slash general consensus. But what are devs saying about E3 2021 this year? Like, what what is the industry discussion we're around so, this whole thing? We're so tired. <laughs> We're just, we're just sort of like the E3, E3 is weird. The ESA is a strange body, right? It's like very specifically built around large publisher interests, but also large publisher interests have kind of drifted away from the ESA for a few years. Mm. So you end up with this strange, you end up with this strange reality where E3 isn't really for anybody. But it's designed for me. But yeah, no, designed for you where you is as always, as undefined as possible, because they don't know what they're doing. Like, they don't know for who <laughs> E3 is. Sure. Uh, they, they don't know for what E3 is. Uh, by now, everybody has spun off their own presser event. There's a, there's literal announcement shows going for the entire summer right. these years. Um, I think they're just trying some stuff. But... For me, the whole idea of a digital E3 that you have to like register for to like did, did they miss the boat on why streaming was a is a big deal? <laughs> hey, like, JP. Or actually Rami, since you're talking real quick, we have some people asking what is E3 and what's changed about it. Sure. Yeah. All right. Who, who takes that? Do I take that? Do oh, you, you Rami? Yeah, you're already Rami, talking. I mean, about yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead, Rami. I think we know more about this than you. E3 is different right. for different people, I think. Yeah. It depends, right? Yeah. So E3 is the pretty much the the largest, or used to be the largest electronic entertainment expo. That's also where the name comes from. Uh, it was this big showcase in LA um, where a lot of press and games industry would come together, uh, influencers, uh, you know, a little later on when that started becoming a thing. And um, this big show, relatively exclusive, and all the big stuff will be there. It was basically like Disneyland for games media. Uh, everybody would go all out, build these giant booths. And as a developer, as an indie for me at least, you know, showing up there and being on that show floor was like, it felt a little bit like hallowed ground, right? Like this was like, this was the stuff that as I was growing up, I was on that ground now. Also, Reggie kicked me out of the Nintendo booth once, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> Anyway, he doesn't um, work there anymore. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay now. Um, but the um, E3 as a thing was always where all the big announcements would happen. So for game studios, this was like our yearly reset moment is E3. This is where you do your big announce. This is where Sony has their showcase. Microsoft has their showcase. Nintendo has their showcase. Activision has their showcase. Everybody had their showcase there. 
as indie group, we we wanted our showcase there as well. We were at PAX, we were at um, we were at these other shows. We were never at E3, so it was this big this big thing. And then over the years, everybody started doing their own shows. Live streaming got bigger. So it, each of these big publishers kind of realized that they could do better if they were a little apart. So E3 used to be three days, then it was five days, then it was eight days of events separate. Um, and eventually it just kind of grew out of hand until nobody really wanted E3 anymore, I think. Uh, besides that, it's a good hangout in LA, like get some good sushi, like, you know, go to a nice restaurant and then check everything online because it's much easier to follow the live stream on a good internet connection than sitting <laughs> in a big hall with like shitty Wi-Fi. Right. So um, E3 kind of like self imploded as streaming became larger. And then, um, but it still, it still feels special. See, part of me still wants E3 to be a big deal because I just, I just kind of love the Happy New Year. Yeah. Of E3, it really is. Um, yeah. Then COVID happened, and um, yeah, now they're now they're going uh, all digital, all virtu virtual. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, they're still asking for tons of money. I think from developers to uh, to be wait there. really you and, have uh, to have like a, to have a presence they had to pay a fee just like a booth fee you have to every every digital event does that it's not just really? E3 if you want to be yeah if you want to be at any digital event unless your game is like very special or like it's a specific show that does it for free huh. online events still ask for booth pay uh, I guess wow. they still need to run costs and pay sure. their crew which are now not getting paid. oh some of them are more expensive. I've I've had a few that are like, well, we get much more audience on a live stream than we can get in a building. So uh, and I'm like, mm, I can see that pitch mm. existing. Yeah. That, you oh, know. they definitely went for that one. I mean, we all gave them, we gave them some, you know, unlively amount of crap for trying that pitch, but um, <laughs> just blame it on we, Keely. Keely's the, this is his fault. This is his fault. Every time. But like, <laughs> honestly, the thing about Keely is he, he was at the right place at the right time to do that thing because it was exactly the year where everybody just kind of started going like, why are we okay with this? Why why is why are we paying tons of money to be at an E3? And then uh, they opened it up to the audience at some point, so you couldn't even talk about uh, classified stuff on the floor anymore, which was also annoying. Because huh. um, normally at E3, everybody was walking, and you just walk by, and you'd hear somebody talk about the next console. It'd be like, oh, well, I guess I'm NDA, I'm NDA'd with that company, so I can't talk about it, but it's nice to know. Yeah, uh, and then audience got on the floor, and everybody just was like, "Do you want to talk? We should, uh, we should get out of the show floor then." And it's like, "Ah, <laughs> let's go, let's go to a hotel room." We, I'm right, some like, later. yeah, lobby or something, right? Um, so yeah, it's that, it's that, it's been this show that has slowly been losing what it is about, and I think this year they just lost it. You think it's completely gone? I don't know how you come back from this. Like, how do you how do you come back from being like the industry standard New Year's to now? Like, like you said, Jeff Keighley being a better spot to like consider. Like, the the individual shows are much bigger as indies. There's so many showcases now that E3 is not your best. Like, did you follow the whole war between Devolver Digital and E3? Yes, somewhat. Zeke was a part of it uh, in a lot of cases. <laughs> so. Well, I was, I was, I was definitely like uh, privy to a lot of like, like this shit. I, I heard directly from the horse's mouth, like what 
was going on and how like Devolver like as a company was handling it. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Getting like the parking uh, how lot about some details for some of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, okay. I know of the parking lot thing uh, across the street or something like that from the convention center. Um, yeah, because it was cheaper than renting a booth, right? That's why they right. set yes. that up. Yeah, yeah. Now the like I don't know like the specifics of it. Uh, maybe Rami can help fill in some of the blanks, but I know that uh, Devolver started uh, getting. Like they didn't want to buy a booth, or they either maybe Rami, you can help me with the original like kerfuffle, like what happened. I don't know if they didn't want to do it anymore, if they just got pissed off or whatever. But the if, the result of that was that Devolver started renting a parking lot across the street from the convention center, and uh, they would have like you know like uh, all their games set up. It, it was basically like a booth, but outdoors um, with like a barbecue. Like a like a park barbecue at the park kind of a feel to it. You come and you sit on the couch and they'd have beer and and uh, you play you know you you sit on different couches and play games. They'd have their own like little mini stage for like streaming it and stuff like that. And they had like um, uh, all that stuff. But then one year uh, they rented the parking lot and then the people at E three rented the parking lot ahead of them. So like they put shipping containers like. And trucks like in between Devolver uh's parking lot and the convention center, so you couldn't see it. So then Devolver <laughs> decided, "Fuck you, we're gonna get a giant balloon." So they got this huge giant balloon <laughs> that like floated over top of the truck, so you could still see like there's the Devolver logo on this huge balloon, so you could still find it, <laughs> even though they tried to block them from being seen from the convention center. And uh. it was a, it's hilarious. It's so like. <laughs> You can't out petty a company like Devolver. It's great. <laughs> I mean, but I have to. I have to say, I respect E three for trying. Like just the counterplay, it just it yeah. made me laugh so much that they just went like, "We'll just put a, you know, what? you're gonna do a booth outside of our, our building. We're just gonna put we'll a truck build in a wall. That's yeah, what we'll, we'll do. We'll build a wall." <laughs> but the the balloon, it, it, you know, when when Zeke says balloon, you think of like balloon. This was not. This was like a truck sized balloon. This thing took, like, yeah. a long time. Like, this was, like, from anywhere in front of the convention building, this giant Devolver logo just, like, floating in the dis And you knew there was barbecue, there was drinks, there was air-conditioned mm -hmm. trailers, good yeah. games, good people. They had their own bathrooms, like, too. So at that point, they're probably spending a lot more than an E3 booth just to I mean, get that, like, yeah, probably Maybe. at some pro probably at some point, but like E three boots are expensive as like that. This is not cheap kind of money. This is like you're competing with Nintendo for that floor space, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you can imagine how much the square square meter is, uh, or or three square foot, whatever. Yeah, um, expensive. But um, at some point, you know, default like at some point, Devolver has to protect their honor, right? So <laughs> if it was more expensive. Yeah, I was uh, uh, I was I was looking at the internet to see if I could find any videos or anything. I, there's a bunch of articles from 2017, which might have been like the last was 2019 the last big E3. When was like the last big floor presence E3? That must have been 2019. 
2019 was the year when it opened up to audiences, I think. So, okay. So yeah. That was the first that was the first dead E3 for from my point of view, but it was it was still an E3. Gotcha. We'll put it to you this way. Like if you want to know like how expensive a booth at E3 is, like I saw uh like how like the the first time I went and I went to the Naughty America booth, which is, you know, a pretty big name yeah. in adult entertainment. Yeah. And they had a like the minimum size booth. I was like, geez. Yeah. You guys like if they can't afford a better like bigger booth than that, like I don't know what's going on. Like it's well, must yeah. be astronomical. It's also the type of thing too where uh, and Rami can can probably speak to this better than I can, but my understanding is that in the when the before times when conventions were a thing, E3 is the <laughs> new uh big floor booth reveal for everyone and then they would take that booth or portions of that booth to packs to gamescom right. to all of the different uh things i remember um when i think it was evolve was like announced slash being shown at a bunch of those oh. different conventions they had their giant evolve monster that was just shipped around from like convention to convention and that thing was fucking huge and it was not right. cheap. <laughs> I yeah, I mean that was like the size of uh, most of the they rooms. Spent that more on that in. monster than the game actually made in profit. <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah. It's probably true. Uh, to even further the the uh, expensiveness of E3 um, in 2017, Devolver was out there claiming that they lost a hundred thousand dollars on the Bandy Three Festival uh, because of the fact that. I think the city of LA was denying them certain um, things, licenses for like hardware being out in the parking lot or something like that. So right. it just lost the money overall. But right, yeah, and it, it's that's expensive. probably still cheaper than the equivalent of a booth. The other yeah. thing you have to remember that a lot of people probably don't realize is that when you get a booth, most shows have a um, the way the the floor gets distributed is actually based on how much you. Like whether you were there last year, it's and grandfather. Year like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more often you've shown shown up, the higher your priority is in when they start calling you for how much floor space you need. Yep. So if you are, even if you have millions of dollars to spend on it, if there's just no floor space because all the other companies are grandfathered in from previous shows, then you're gonna get a ten by ten, which is you know very small and way like even even when Vlambeer was like. At its at its peak, um, way beyond anything that I would want to spend on ten by ten. Yeah, uh, I I feel Pax is already expensive, and that's a fraction of the cost. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. definitely expensive. So uh, I feel like it's a necessi necessary. Necessary. <laughs> you feel like it's a necessary expense, like to well, purchase a booth at Paxes and and E threes and stuff like. Is it is it that big of a difference between E three? Like you get right. you get more out of a PAX than you do out of an E three, or do you get like or vice versa? I, I get more out of PAX as an indie, but I think the the majority of that is because E three is the press overwhelmingly, and I can already talk to the press. The thing that PAX always is, is good for for me is I get to play test my game and stand behind people as they're playing it and pretend I'm not the developer, and then listen to them like tell me how bad the game is and that they didn't enjoy it and then leave and then say that, oh, but what are those chairs? Because those are really good. And then break my heart for like three days. <laughs> um, like, 
that's what PAX is really good for. It's it's that combination of like talking to people, community, like seeing how the game is being received, stuff like that. That's really good. E3 is like it used to be press, but it was a big deal for the press. Everybody was waiting for it. So in that way, it was useful. But the only way I've shown at E3 is as part of other booths. So I've I've shown as part of the Sony booth uh, twice. Uh, with nuclear throne and one mm. time they even made these giant like uh mascot suits they made mascots sony made mascot suits of uh of fish and crystal two of the characters from the game we weren't involved in that they just sent us an email with like hey can we do this and we're like yeah and they're like how do you think of what do you think of this and we're like awesome yeah i thank you and then they have people walk around in those suits for for two days straight and i was like I like this triple A nonsense. Like I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. It's a casual, like 30, 40,000 business expense. <laughs> right. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rami, that was, you... that was a great story, but what's that chair that you told it from? <laughs> uh, they were, they were very nice. They were, what do you call? I don't know how to call them, but they were basically these diagonal chairs with a net in the middle that you would sit like in. Camping and chairs? I don't oh, know. I, like, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I know. Like bungee, bungee chairs. Hmm. I, anyway, anybody who would sit down in them would not want to get out of the chair again because all the other chairs <laughs> at backs are like tiny office chairs or something. So yeah. we have people walk by and then look at the game for like two minutes and then one of them will go like, you should try the chair. We're like, <laughs> also try the game then. I worked for yeah. three and a half years on this game. I bought this <laughs> thing for $12 like, oh, a tournament. Oh, I love this yeah. game. Right. Yeah, my heart. Nothing is more painful than showing at a show and seeing somebody walk, you know, they, they, they kind of like appear and then they look at your game and they go. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the casual. Nah. Nah. Yeah, nah. it's just like, oh, you just sit there, you, you watch and you hope that they go like, oh, and instead they're just going like. As someone who has walked packs and done that exact thing, that's 100% accurate. Yeah. Like, you walk by those games, you're, huh, cool. Maybe I'll look that, or check that out later. Oh, yeah, that's like real worst, bad. The person you're with, with, like, asks you when you're sitting next to the, hey, you want to take this up? No, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got to go see a thing. <laughs> like the more and more i went back to like paxes and, and conventions and the like and stuff like that and the more i became aware of what goes into an indie game and how much like their fucking heart and their blood and their tears and their soul like yeah i i start like walking by indie booths like up like fucking data just like <laughs> <laughs> no emotion whatsoever i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because i know how much work they put into this so I just glance at it, mm, noted, affirmative. Mm. Right. The, the other thing is when you can tell, like in your case, probably true, but pro some of those devs probably recognize you. So they might go like, oh, he seems busy. Oh, he seems busy. <laughs> he seems so warm on his stream and he's so cold. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. I, no, I, I remember walking through uh, the indie, one of the indie booths with you, Rami, and it mm -hmm. was... It was seriously like walking with like fucking Mick Jagger or yeah, something. Yeah, King in like, his kingdom type yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly. Like, name a fucking like star. And he's just walking. He's like talking shit. He's like, he's like suit, like Mr. Cool Guy. Just like, <laughs> yeah, your game sucks. 
Yeah, I love you. <laughs> Who's going? What's going on? Where's the party at? Let's go. And everybody's just talking to him like, Robbie, come here. It was it was yeah. amazing. I felt like like I was like I was like uh uh you remember the cartoon with Spike and the little the little dog was like, Hey Spike, where are we going, Spike? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I felt like the little dog. <laughs> like, oh we're gonna go to that booth, Spike. Oh, that's the firewatch booth, Spike. You're gonna talk shit to him. Oh yeah, the <sighs> Mia Sean Mia Sean talked a lot of shit back in the days. So we had a we had a we had a thing where we always tried to be as mean as possible to each other within acceptable parameters of the show floor. But we would always see if we can if there was anybody else that we knew and we trusted, see if we could make them uncomfortable by them not knowing that we were talking <laughs> That this was an agreement between us. So, you know, there would be this shirt. <laughs> they have this amazing Firewatch shirt, the yellow shirt, black oh, logo, yeah. beautiful shirt. I was looking at him like, wow, you really cheaped out on graphic design on that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ollie Moss did all the The guy next to me just stood there just like. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm wearing, I'm, wearing black shirt. Yeah. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing this black shirt with this Ebba paint logo of a drum bear on fire. It's like the same two colors, black and yellow, just inverted. And Sean just uh, looks at my shirt. It's just, uh, <laughs> I, Mia, it's Mia Sean Vanneman have that. And me and Mike Bithel have that agreement on Twitter where we're just as mean as possible without, you know, getting over the line. Right. Um, it's incredibly fun. People I, think we have such beefs in the scene. Maybe conventions not being around anymore is a good thing. Because people like Rami <laughs> exist, you know? <laughs> just, and just to, just to let you guys know, this is this is like the kind of this is the kind of guy Rami is. I get a I get a, a Twitter DM and he's like, Izzy, do you mind if I uh use you as an example? Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna insult you pretty good. Like, do you mind if I do that? And I'm like Go ahead. And then he just fucking, like, just barbecues me. And I was like, damn, I didn't know. I didn't know you were going for the throat, homie. Gee. Didn't give you an example. I mean, he just went with it. But he does it. ask first. He's like, permission to burn you, sir. And I'm like, be my guest. I think it's important to be in agreement, like, to be in agreement about that. But, you know, if, I, if you say okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The floodgates have been opened. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, well, with with the the E three twenty twenty stuff, the companies that have agreed to be there: Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami. So I guess Silent Hill or some pachinko machines. I don't know. Uh, Ubisoft, Take Two, Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's probably accurate. They, I think they are probably have a pachinko Silent Hill machine that probably already exists. Knowing Konami, uh, you joke, but it probably exists. Uh, and then, of course, everyone's favorite video game company, Cock Media, is going to be there. Um, that's not a made-up thing. That's a real thing. Uh, missing, of course, is um, Sony. Is Sony. Sony. Yeah, and, uh, that's the big one. But you got to imagine that like Sony's going to do something around that time, right? So what they Yo, did is they rented the e-parking lot directly. Across <laughs> 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 so they're going to rent a theater and do some like trailer as uh interpretational dance or whatever interpretive dance that's how they're gonna do it that's sony in my mind that's how they handle they, that. the uh the last time they did a big thing i was one of the i don't know if i should tell this story what well now you, you definitely have to. should tell this story yeah now you have to 
I don't even know if I've told this story. One of my hobbies at E3 was always to sneak backstage at everything. Mm. Right. Just because I know the industry, I look like I'm industry and I'm really good at looking like I'm in a hurry. So I would always <laughs> test the guards. That's a great way E3. to get anywhere is to look like you belong and act like you're in a hurry. And yeah, or no, Costanza. I, yeah. I, I, they stopped giving me invites for E3 things because I was going to show up anyway <laughs> and, get, and get in anyway. Like if, if the guard stopped me, I would just call somebody and be like, Hey, uh, Hey mate. Yeah, no, I'm at the gate. The guard caught me. Can you just, and they just show up and be like, no, he's, he's fine. Bring, like, bring him in. So <laughs> it was just, it was just a thing at some point where I tried to do that and it was great. But, um, the Sony thing, I remember the, <laughs> I think the last time Sony did a big thing, I got a call from somebody at Sony. They're like, are you not here? I'm like, no, mate. Like, it looks like you're doing like a big thing with like dance and music. And I don't know what, I just want to know what the announcements are. Can you just ping them to me? And they're like, wow. Okay. It's like, I'm sorry, mate. It seems like a big, big thing. Was that the last of us in ghost of Tsushima thing in the theater? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. The people were walking. I've heard that between... was a mess. People were walking yeah. between show halls for like 20 minutes to get to the next thing in time. Yeah. It was um, real hot. There's no AC. I heard that was an absolute mess. I think Sony is probably just doing the smart thing, which is they'll have some announcements at E3 and they'll have a bigger event sometime after. I I was talking yeah. about this on stream the other day, which might be a longer conversation than we want to have, but and and maybe this is like my Xbox bias showing or something, but does it feel like Xbox just controlling the entire like news cycle every single week with some game pass announcement. And then Sony's like, uh, we're not going to, we're going to close the PS3 store and, uh, no more <laughs> PSP Vita stuff. And, uh, by the way, you can oh, get yeah. the MLB, the show, but it's on game pass for free. Bye. <laughs> my, it's, my it's really weird. Destroying it right now. Yeah. But like also think about how many subs do they have on game pass? I don't know a billion at this point. Like it, it sounds like they have a billion, a lot. Does, does any does anybody have the number? Where, like it's like I don't know what the last million? number they announced. It was crazy. Uh, I'll try to 60 find million? it. Sixty million at ten dollars a month. You know how much money that is. Yeah, they can buy anything at this point. There, it's like the games industry is a candy store to them. They said six trillion, uh, six trillion dollars. <laughs> they said. Uh, am I, am I up? January 26, 2021, uh, Xbox Game Pass subscribers hit 18 million. That's 18 million times $10. If it if it gets a month. Damn. Yeah. That's 180 million. That's a triple A game a month you can you can start. Yeah. Well, you have to think though like it it's curious with games like well, I mean, granted NXL was bought at that time, but a lot of times they will like sidestep the profit that a lot of these companies would have gotten on release outriders is a good example on console like they basically just took every sale they would have gotten on console most of them not every of them but most of them and and like put that under that umbrella so there, there's right. probably i mean that's a lot of money but there's probably a significant overhead in one way or another um also right. all the infrastructure that they need to run it all and you know all that kind of stuff too but but it's still a theme and yeah. it's still an the incredible thing, value yeah the weird thing about it is the infrastructure probably doesn't fall on their xbox that's probably microsoft that's the azure program so that is probably not coming from Xbox own pocket in that way. That's probably from the company overhead. So yeah, from the budget, when you, right? When you think about it, they have all that money coming in, right? And every game that's launching all that, they're probably doing some sort of guaranteed seal, sales deal, 
right? I'm using probably okay. here because I have to legally probably say probably. They're probably doing a guaranteed sales deal. So they're upfront calculating how much money they think that game is going to make and probably just paying that to the company with a margin to get that game. If you think about how much money a game like Outriders is presumably making. Yeah. Or should make. And then add a margin on top of that. And then just write, imagine well, Phil Spencer walking up with giant bags of credit cards, right? Because dollar bills won't work <laughs> anymore. And just putting it in front of the, like, just going to Poland is going like, here you go, guys. Like, good work. Uh, and then just, just leaving just again. Like, well, it's just like a bag that says all with a dollar sign it on has it. To be, it has to be insane money that Xbox is paying or Microsoft is paying because Sony literally put a game that they developed on game pass for xbox like that's insane and a, a game that's never been on xbox before and sony's like yeah i guess we'll take that bag of credit cards phil right you can have our damn game it's fine um so i'm i'm interested to see like if that's the case does is sony just like hoarding their news like they put out a vr controller uh announcement two weeks ago or something like I haven't that haven't even talked about the new headset tech yet or anything yeah they said we're gonna have some new headset tech but here's our controller and people are like right. all right okay okay cool cool yeah <laughs> haven't had a big vr title in like a year cool. yeah, yeah. What, but what what news could they have though like they have their exclusives that's that's their news that's, that's the news, news they've got left yeah that's it and like here's the thing I still think it's a pretty even battle in that regard. Like the Sony exclusives, I love most of them, like dearly, right? Like quality, quality stuff out of those studios. But in terms of like day-to-day news, yeah, Microsoft. It's Microsoft. Microsoft has news. Every now and then Nintendo will go like, hey, Nintendo game. And we'll go like, we'll buy that. Well, no, Nintendo says, by the way, guys, we're killing Mario this year. Uh, But (laughs) Pac-Man, check him out tomorrow. Pac-Man 99 out uh, later today. He, he will die next year. So yeah, he's dead in the like, year. Please buy now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I expect we'll probably see Switch stuff, Switch 2 or whatever, the Switch HD, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, that's got to be... That'll probably be at E3 with Nintendo alongside Breath of the Wild 2 and Bayonetta, whatever. Whatever they're going to push the new uh, skew of the, the Switch at. We'll probably be there in some case. Microsoft will probably have Halo, I would think. Um, and then... A billion more games on Game Pass. Uh, I don't know whatever Ubisoft will have. Just Dance, probably some other stuff. Far Cry is Far Cry going to be out by June? Far Cry Six? When did that Far Cry Six a long time ago? It got delayed, I I think, but I don't know when it. Let's see, Far Cry Six. Uh... There's always Elden Ring. From you know, from kind of cooking in the background there. (laughs) Do you think like? behind the scenes do you think there's some uh bidding war for who gets to have that at their conference with between sony and microsoft like that's got to be a thing right yeah. i'm kind of curious about that laugh that rami just said like like what <laughs> what, what there's lots of things that laugh could have meant it's true um, mm-hmm. it's very true i'm, but, I'm so happy i'm so happy it was that ambiguous okay yeah, okay good Good. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh-oh. Don't, um, you're going to get everyone who asked uh, Jeff Keeley about Elden Ring start asking you now with that laugh. I'm happy, I'm thinking, I mean, just wait until they all find out it's canceled. <laughs> did you see the uh, April Fool's yeah. that they posted of it being canceled? Like Miyazaki and, and FromSoft? Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. It was well done. But 
Yeah, so I don't know. E3 will be... I, I'm excited for E3 regardless because I... You know, we say this every year. I think the three of us are just generally excited to co-stream all this stuff and, and to watch all this stuff happen in real time. We love doing that. It's I hope that big event that Rami was talking about, like yeah. even even in, even though it's only a virtual kind of spiritual meeting now instead of, you know, an actual physical thing, like it's still E3. It's yeah. still the beginning of a cycle. I think Rami said it really well when he said that. It's like the it's like it, the reset. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope everything is is scheduled well and and packed into a week cuz like that week is generally one of the, my favorite weeks of the year when it is in the past uh, to just cover that stuff. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure some more information will be out there and I'm sure, I'm sure there will be like other events happening around that. Like Keeley's probably going to do summer game fest stuff around that or be at the event itself. Um, and we'll just, we'll just have to see. It's, it's exciting to see it come back in whichever way um, it, it is coming back. Are are we conf like the 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 sort of like Axis thing, where where Axis is sort of like a question mark? <laughs> That's kind of worrying to me overall. But yeah, they also have like I was talking to Co about this before we started the show. Like if you go to their website, uh, the E3 2021 website, they have a like drop down uh, web page entitled Co Streaming, uh, and you go and you have to uh, become an official E3 Co Streamer. You right. sign and up. By the way, good point to mention. Zeke, just in case you should fill that out. Yeah, because like, I don't know what's going to happen. When we co-stream the drop frame stuff, like maybe we have to go through that. Like, no, it's, but nobody knows what it means. Yeah, I don't. All I know is when you sign up for it, they're like, thanks for signing up for our mailing list in your Gmail. And it's like, did you just get me? That's probably what it is. Right. I bet you is they just, just got us. No, don't, don't worry. They'll release your email in a few months. <laughs> oh god i forgot hey. about that i forgot about yeah. that whole thing did anyone take them to court over that was that a thing did they try to sue the esa for releasing all that private information i'm i'm sure a lot of people want to but also a lot of people don't want to be shitless by three so yeah. i'm guessing nobody did that's true that's true but yeah that's the the e3 news uh i'm sure we'll be talking about it more as the uh that's only what three months away right yeah, it's it's relatively soon. So we'll see. You what's have a long way Facebook has you covered. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Uh, yes, I could try to find one here. Uh, Is it just on the E3 Expo? Yeah, uh, uh, I'll paste. I'll paste it in the drop frame chat. There you go. Okay. Um, cool. That's E3 stuff. Uh, we were talking about Xbox. This is maybe a. a the question from this is not necessarily tied to the actual news, but it's more along the lines of I'm just interested to see what Co and Zeke's uh, explanation of this is. So let's start with Co. And Zeke, take off your headset. <laughs> this should be a fun thing. Don't listen to what Co's going to say, then I'm going to ask you the same question, and you're going to have to answer it as well. Okay, hold on one second. We're, we're asking questions. I was, I was sorry, I was typing my name in there. No, no. <laughs> you need about anyway. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask Co was... a question to explain something, and then I'm going to ask you the same question to explain something, and we're going to see if the explanations vary or differ at all. Okay, he's gone. Unless those are wireless, and he's, this is a trick. Co, uh, yeah. <laughs> can you please explain to us the world of virtual YouTubers? Ah, okay. VTubers are analogous online avatars that people use to represent themselves instead of a realistic image. Uh, they are generally meant to be more eye-catching or accentuate features of themselves they'd like to in a cutesy or sexual manner. 
and are mainly to be a star of the show attraction, similar to a main character in an anime. Okay, short and succinct. Have you answered said question? It sounds like this is about a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I I had the long. I'll I'll say what I was going to say once we get Zeke back on. Let me give him the thumbs up. He might still be filling out the thing. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Okay. All right, Zeke, please explain to us what a virtual YouTuber is. A VTuber? A VTuber, a virtual YouTuber. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I, I, I think that VTubers are, they just use uh, an avatar. More often than not, I've never seen a male one, it's, uh, or a male presenting one, at least. Oh, very I've always seen it as anime, feminine, sparkles, funny ears, princesses the dresses like the you know typical anime big eyes and all that stuff um and it's just like um when people used to do face rig hmm? mm -hmm. they used to do face rig it's, it's a similar thing but it's like a persona that they use instead of themselves mm. um uh, the <coughs> pop star like there's virtual pop stars yes that are very popular uh in certain places and uh it's a similar kind of thing i think people are trying to capitalize on that and it's fucking weird and it's i don't get it <laughs> so i honestly it, it's, you, it's not for me it's not I'm 40 years old man it's not my fucking thing it's, it's, i'm way past that like that is not that is a youth that's for the youths is it for the youth it's not me I, it's not for me like i knew it, that they were me as a it. little like, strange I, yeah. Yeah. Like if I started doing it, wouldn't that be weird? If I like like did like a voice changer thing and and like made my voice sound like like and then I had like a, a an an anime. I would totally as, watch as you. My, I would, well, I would totally watch that. I would love to see your voice come out of be, like. It, it would be strange. I would. See, I would here's I'm, I'm here's the it. thing though. Here's the thing. Like if it the v the whole thing about VTubers, you're kind of like bringing out a character that in a lot of ways like represents you so for you your v2 persona would be like carl from aqua teen hunger force where it would be just like an animated sure. dude with a beer and like a wife like, hey what's going on everybody like you you would play your that, character and i don't like, think that counts man i think it has course, to be no, animated it, does. it absolutely does no it V2, counts all YouTube is, is just, just putting that layer between okay. you and the public so it can okay. be any there's a guy that v-tubed mars yeah. during the national shind shindigs he, he's done carl yeah. as well like you, you, it's, it's anything. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, Baru is a panda. Um, you know, like most of them are like, you know, anime girls. And there are a lot of guys that do it too. Um, but I mean, there's a huge uh, YouTube person that does VTubing and she uses like an Americanized avatar, like, you know, big rounded eyes and stuff. Uh, she, she actually, it, it's not Japanese themed at all. So it's, okay. it's more, although by far, it seems the majority is anime related. Right. Um, it's just, really just anything you want to present instead of yourself. It's it's kind of like oh, you're I've, playing a character, an animated character. When I think of VTube, and I'm sure I'm sure most people are the same. When they think of VTubers, they think of anime. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't like uh, someone who I've watched for years, uh, Skin Teen. She has a little avatar that she has used in the past to talk for. It's a little like cartoon caricature of her. Yeah. Right. And it would move its mouth and talk and make facial expressions and stuff like that. I would not, I would, like, until now, I wouldn't put that in the same category as VTubing. But apparently, I would. Yeah. I, like, I one, of, one of the biggest YouTubers is Code Miko. 
and she is by far like the most advanced. If you want it, like a one of the like biggest on Twitch, the, one of the biggest on Twitch. It yeah, gets crazy Twitch. when you go to YouTube absolutely, in Japan. Absolutely. Yeah. Like she, she does all of her VTubing like inside of an Unreal or like engine. So she has like an entire world that she VTubes inside of. Her show is very much like Space Ghost Coast to Coast or yep. uh, Zach Galifianakis is Between Two Ferns. Like she just brings okay. in YouTubers and stuff and like does back and forth and interviews and stuff. But it's 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 definitely evolving. It is. Um, but what Skin Teen is doing, absolutely, it's very similar. Very similar. She she has her own flair and her own sp uh, spin on it and her own flavor. Most importantly, um, she's not like you know like a lot of YouTubers just kind of go with like anime avatar. Here's my anime character and now I'm that. But you know, other VTubers put their own spin on it and kind of make it very unique and interesting and, and make it theirs kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The reason that all this started, like I, YouTuber, VTubers have been around for a while, is uh, in Japan, where Xbox has always done poorly, they have hired virtual YouTubers, <clears throat> Shishiro Botan and Himemori Luna to advertise Game Pass. Uh, and it's some very expensive 3d models uh <laughs> that have incredible rigging uh animation wise to them uh to promote game pass uh and i don't go. i don't know if it's working but it's just that's the type of power uh especially in japan that like vtubers have um and the amount of money that microsoft has yes that too uh it's it's pretty God, yes. i can only imagine how much that <laughs> is worth <laughs> like those deals <laughs> yeah i i like went down the rabbit hole like those two i think are part of a agency called holo live which is a conglomerate of like oh, yeah. the biggest and best vtubers in the world uh we're talking like what i think when one of these one of these vtubers released a song like a music video it was tracking like global uh sales as like the biggest song one of the biggest songs in the world or some shit um so they're like a lot bigger than I think I originally thought that they were. They're not just like niche. And growing exponentially. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's it's a little crazy to see that type of stuff. Um, I also looked into the prices of all the, the model rigging and stuff like that. We're talking a couple grand, uh, if not. Yeah. Depending on technology, it can go like 20. On the low end. For an you know, yeah. For like 10, 10 to 20 yeah. grand on some of the high end stuff. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know the funny stuff? I remember when we in the industry were having this conversation about you guys. <laughs> so wait, you're gonna do youtube but life and we're just gonna look at your face while you're playing it why the fuck would anybody look at a face while they're playing a video game it's you just right. get in the way of the you just get in the way of the hud what is this what is i just got the best <laughs> image of rami on a show 10 years from now and it's rami and three vtubers and he said they'd be like i remember back on a show called drop right it's not around anymore i yeah. haven't been but they were talking about <laughs> okay you're not wrong this this i think this uh applies here show me something that is a weird but interesting idea and i'll show you the the point where they take it too far mm. like anything that is like oh man i don't get it and then there's people like yeah but they also everyone has a line right or am i wrong about that like there's only yeah. so far that, well, that, that they'll let it go. I feel like everyone has a line until the industry pushes past that, and then their line pushes past that, right? I think right. that's like, like when so I the line when I first the norm. Yeah, yeah. Like I first saw the VTuber stuff as, what the fuck? That's really cool tech. I don't think that's gonna go anywhere. Cut to like <laughs> two years later. Oh yeah, no, this shit's like bigger than God. 
<laughs> in the industry, we're the same. Every time something happens, we're like, 100 players on a map? Nah. Come enough. on. Who's like, what is that? Yeah. No. This is kind of interesting to think about. Uh, the VTubing, kind of like the early stages of VTubing hit Twitch years ago. Yeah. In the way of face ring. So there, there was this this tech that went around Twitch for a few months, uh, three, four years ago. And a lot of people tried it and used it. No one really stuck with it. Um, but it was basically exactly what VTubing is, except it used like 3D models instead of like anime, animated models. Um, kind of fun to see how like now here we are four years later. And sure enough, like now it's becoming huge. Big. You can't escape it, basically. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just going to be like a fad, like a joke thing, like uh, um, when uh, text-to-speech became like, People were doing that for their for their tips and alerts and stuff. Yeah, and it was like, oh, they're making a helicopter noise. <laughs> oh, that's the seventeenth time they made the helicopter noise today. All right, we're gonna turn that. <laughs> we're gonna turn that right off. Now yeah. entitled. And then I thought that was gonna. I thought it was gonna be like, yeah. oh yeah. man, look at that. She's an anime girl. Is is talking and moving and stuff. That's great. All right, that's enough. Yeah. Nope. No. Wrong about that one. Completely wrong about that one. It's huge. <clears throat> Big deal uh what else do we have in news and then i want to jump into uh games i love talking about mobile uh sales on this because it's always fun to see uh people react to it call of duty mobile <laughs> has made 10 billion dollars in 2020 making it among the world's largest studios as well uh mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh here's some more information from uh i think venture beat reported this uh Console gaming in 2020 made 19.7 billion. Uh, PC gaming made 33.1 billion. Wait, wait, wait! Time out, time out. Call of Duty Mobile made half of all of console gaming. Wait for this stat. It's more impressive than what you're considering right now in your head. Console 19.7, PC 33.1. Mobile gaming made 73 billion dollars in 2020. Continuing mm -hmm. the uh, narrative that mobile gaming drives video games today uh it's kind of crazy is, as a game developer this is such a painful stat to think about every time because <laughs> it's like is it people yeah because you know you have the discussion online about what video games are and like audiences and like people being angry about how you like tweak a gun and like and that part of the industry is like a fraction totally of the so when people say like gamers say this i'm like you're like a percentage of a percent like what are you t like you're not even if we're talking games industry come on like the the way the industry works is because mobile was fancy flash games right that's right. when 2010 that's when but then people started doing microtransactions and everybody hates microtransaction but they're still paying 70 billion dollars in microtransactions so what the fuck are is the industry just go like well so people on twitter said they didn't like it so uh yeah i guess we're we're just not gonna yeah um it's uh it's yeah this yeah. kind of stuff is difficult because if you if you want to make games nowadays and you're not going to do microtransactions you're going to get wrecked yeah oh it's impossible to to I, i'm curious to see how long outrider sticks around because of that right like they're going to probably right. try to sell dlc i think is is part of their uh, season model probably yeah yeah, yeah. um but there's a reason why every game that Ubisoft puts out has microtransactions in it for a billion things. It's because 
they sell billions of dollars. <laughs> right. The, the, the billion things are dollars. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's true. Well, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because on, on one end, that's absolutely true when you compare it to those other money-making ventures. But mm -hmm. on the other end, like, Outriders on PC perform better with max players on Steam than any Borderlands game. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if nothing else, it goes to show you that you don't need microtransactions to be successful. They don't, they don't have don't. to do that. Now, granted, we're talking about the PC market, and console is almost right. going to be impossible to tell because of the way that the Game Pass stuff works. But, I mean, that's hopefully telling to these devs where it's like people will buy your stuff like in, in volume, um, you know, and that's including the fact that Outriders had terrible release problems, terrible. And people knew about them and still kept, you know, buying it and wanting to play it. So right. I don't know, man, like a, a, a really solid, good release from Outriders probably would have been significantly better. Yeah. Right. But then if you think about it, if Outriders had gone and out of free to play, they'd probably just have more money because it's also the release for right now. Yeah. Like, that I, I fight a lot of developers fight this fight continuously, right? A lot of great developers are fighting against having to add microtransactions in their game continuously against corporate, against the, the business people. Uh, if you get a game where microtransactions are purely cosmetic, know that somebody has like bled to make sure that that is the only thing that's in there. There like, are literal there, fights in a boardroom. There somewhere. are there are people crawling out of those meeting rooms, just being like, "Oh, I gave it everything I had. I had to give. <laughs> I, had, I just had to give cosmetics. I can't take it in." Like, it's this stuff is so like it's so much money. The arguments you have to make to not do it is either like you have full control of your studio. And, and uh, People Can Fly, I think, is a studio that, that generally has strong control of the creative vision. Um, or people are just not expecting that much money out of your game, mm. which is the alternative. that They just let it go, and they're like, well, we don't know how this Outriders thing is going to do, but hey, okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it really makes me wonder, and we'll never hear this story, uh, but it makes me wonder like, what the discussion was like for... Uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, or the the original Spider-Man, and the discussion was for Marvel's Avengers, because like both Marvel IP, but one went one way and one went the complete opposite direction. Uh, Spider-Man being like purely single-player focused. I don't think that game has any. It has DLC, but it has no like MTX as far as I can remember. And then you look at kind of like where Avengers goes, and it's it, it's the complete opposite. Right, so right. like, I I wonder I mean, how those discussions went and how they differed. Probably very simple. The Spider-Man game, you're supposed to pay a big bag of money for, play once, and then never touch again. Avengers, they have to keep the servers running. So yeah. I think they just went like, "Hey, if we get sixty dollars, can we run the servers for three years? If this is a hit, nope. Okay, well, guess we need MTX. <laughs> um, you know, like too much idea. success for a game like that is is killing, right? Like just with Outriders just now, if you yeah. aim. Like servers are complicated, right? They're yeah. they're hard. Even if you're fully prepared, you can have one bug, like one line of code that is off somewhere in a server that under certain conditions only triggers this like cascade failure of systems until your game is completely wrecked, right? Sometimes it's just like something adds up a plus one somewhere. This is an amazing story of um Ultima back in the days, where for Christmas they decided to let people 
um, spawn Christmas trees, and the Christmas trees would spawn Christmas lights, and the Christmas oh, lights God. would then blink, and it just got completely out of hand, and the server shut down during the weekend, and the developer wasn't in, and the, the game was just gone. Well, it's like the, for... um, the World of Warcraft thing with the, uh, the debuff. Uh, the, the CDC right. discovered virus. how like pathogens uh, spread because <laughs> of that. Virus one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, um, that type of stuff just kills because the servers got destroyed when that happened in WoW, uh, without a doubt. It's just too much right. shit going and, on for it to function. And so that's in gameplay, but in any level of server infrastructure, something can go wrong. So uh, too successful is bad for these kind of games. So they end up doing MTX just to cover the case of oh. Sh- you know, people paid $60 in 2020 to play this game. It's now 2024. We still have a full-time crew supporting service for a million dollars and nobody's paying a dollar anymore. Game dies. Um, <laughs> okay. Rami, I want to take this right. opportunity while you're here. Okay. Because I think you're probably okay. the, one of the most knowledgeable people I could ask about this. And I want to hear this from the horse's mouth, as it were. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Outriders had a huge amount of problems on release. Preferably, I mean, you, as you heard, their servers got overloaded and destroyed. One of the things I heard over and over and over is this is such a simple problem if devs just use scalability in their server architecture. Right. <laughs> what do you say to that? If some idiot Twitter can come up with that... <laughs> Then the developers that are working on this as professionals have surely thought of that. Um, like everything in game development is complicated. Every, like everything in game development, doors are complicated. I don't know if you saw the Twitter breakdown about I doors. I did. That was so good. That was incredible. We do not want doors. No developer wants doors. If you see doors in a video game, why? They're impossibly hard. <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Ladders? I gotta find that thread. The link. Yeah. Hold on. Oh no, let's not do ladders. Like I will teleport up the wall. Like can the character teleport? No, can we make it can we make it teleport? Is that can we do a grappling can we do grappling hook instead? Like just a no? Okay. It has to be it has to be ladders. Okay. Um stuff like that. Stuff like that is just like complicated. Scalability, of course, you scale up, you make sure that your service can scale. The thing is, there's a difference between theoretical load. And practical load. There's a problem. There's a difference between what we think we can handle and what actually happens. Because as more people participate in service, as more people load, as more situations happen, more and more edge cases happen, and any single one of them can screw up everything. Just we do scalability. Like if the solution could fit in a 280 character tweet, like come on, come on, the okay. people that do this get paid for this. Yeah, the the big thing I would tell people is if you imagine like a like load like a garden hose, except of a hundred different sections, and if one of those sections restricts, the entire hose restricts, and it's basically like a like a hundred spinning plates. Imagine like right. one person going around and making sure every single one is going perfectly, and all the the gears teeth locked together. Right. So I, I I'm and thank you. And now imagine a thousand <laughs> of those hoses next to each other, right? thousands of instances and then the code is if it's built well it's set up so that if one of the hoses fails it starts to spread the water to the other hoses but now the error that's in that hose might start affecting another hose because now that's overloaded that might take two other ones down and before you know it it's just like you know you could have uploaded a wrong image it's like wrongly encoded and now the server just chokes and now it's trying to give the data to the other servers 
and now those servers are choking, and their game is down. And then people, smart people, smart people, work on this for like three days to figure out why is the game on fire? <laughs> we, what is happening? Like we tested the log, like we tested the login screen a million times on the seventy different types of load and stress and bugs and errors and and, and edge cases and why why won't the game work, man? Like that's just. They're just like, come on, like they're really trying. Um, yeah, <laughs> fucking JPEG encode. Um, but yeah, in that time, the game is is not working, and people tell you that you're lazy devs, and then you you know you cry through that as you fix. <laughs> Why didn't you just use and... AWS servers? You can just turn on as many as you want. I it's saw totally that. So fine. yeah, God, straight <laughs> streaming it at the same time when all that stuff. I mean, I was live just staring at the same screen for four hours, and like that was. It got to the point where I was just like, you know what? I can't. I'm not going to join the discussion in chat. Like, I'm going to talk about VTubers or something for an hour. <laughs> it's just frustrating because, like, and it, it wasn't even, you know, if you you can't really classify the, the vitriol, but it, the discussion in chat and the discussion in Twitter, some of those comments were just, like, so ridiculous and so aggressive towards developers when they're just, like, they're trying their fucking hardest. Like, they're not they're not out to get you. This is not, they're not like trying to screw you over or out of money. They want you to play their game. The thing that I think people forget is like, there's entire teams of yeah. people that will know more than these people ever will. Yeah. And they're working as a team trying to solve these exact issues and but, they can't but, do it. And they've, and, and so many companies have tried, like, like I, like I was saying during this, it's kind of like you, you, you know, you play online games long enough. And especially if it's an online game, that's on something like game pass. And on day one, you expect there to be issues. That's the norm. Yeah. And, and it's just the norm. Like, you don't like it. You don't you don't agree with it. You don't accept it. But that's just how it is. And people go, well, like, well, you know, if it's, if it's always like that, why has it been fixed? And that's the thing. They try every single time yeah. to fix it. But it's a really, really hard problem. <laughs> like, nobody right. can, nobody's done it really successfully yet. There have been, like, cases here and there. But it's it's a really tough thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I anyway, appreciate I mean, your uh, perspective on that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no worries. I mean, the this, the weird thing about game development is it is both as simple as you think and as complicated as you think, right? We're we're not geniuses. We're really not. We're just a bunch of people who like are trying to figure stuff out as we go. But also, we've got a decade of experience of trying to figure shit out as we go. Like, we we know by now what works and what doesn't, and it's it's in everything, right? It's in like balancing weapons the fuck does that even mean <laughs> people say well, balancing it, what are you about what are, what are we balancing? like if you would have if you would sit down in the design meeting and go like we need to design we need to balance these weapons people go like okay what are we balancing for what is the player journey of this balancing right is there going to be is there going to be evolution are we balancing for just pvp are we balancing for pve is there the consideration of pvp in the future like are we doing tiers like what are like before you get started, there's like 75 sub questions. Then somebody on Twitter is going like, they really got to fix this balance. I'm like, for what? <laughs> for you? Like, here's how balancing works. The weapon that you like is underpowered, and the weapon that everybody else uses is overpowered. The weapon that's that you got killed mean. by, more, more specifically. Not even everyone's That's why I like to talk about the volcanic bullets. <laughs> <laughs> they're broken, and they're pigeonholing the entire game down a single path. <laughs> And it's bullshit, and they need to work on this balance. 
That's what I was actually going to come here and talk about. But Rami's destroyed all of my plans. So I can't. You know what? Out, outriders, it's unbalanced as shit. There is no balance. Really there is zero balance in this game, and I fucking love it. I adore it so much. So much is like, is this OP? Yeah. Are we going to fix? No. No. Like, these enemies now explode in fire and slow down and are on fire, and you can teleport across the screen and go anywhere, and you get health back. Okay. Yeah. Ah, I love it. I love it. What are those numbers? Yeah, so this is, this is end game level 50, <laughs> item level 50 numbers here. It's definitely Dude, a different my, game. My character now like warps behind and hits between like one and three million in most cases. Like it's fantastic. It it the numbers are so all over the place and it depends on a hundred different <laughs> things and the synergies are all over the place. And that's one of the reasons that I'm still playing this game. It's like there's such an incredible amount. It's it's a lot of people think of games like this in terms of 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 progression stuff, kind of like a skill tree. Mm. But this game is more like a spider web where it's like this mod will affect this mod, which will then make this mod work better. But then if you get enough kills, it will trigger this mod, which will then interface with this mod, which synergizes with that one. And you just like, and this set effect then adds into that with this mod that you're passing, which goes this, this to that skill. And it's, it's been so much fun. I mean, just last night, I, you know, after playing for 50 hours, I have over 60 hours in the game now, just last night at like 50 hours, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to replace one of my major skills. And now I'm like completely rebuilding my build around like this new skill that gives me even more damage under the right circumstances. So, I mean, it's, it's, and then I find out that there's this one helmet that has this one effect that apparently would completely change how my build works. And now it's my mission to get that helmet. Yeah. They, they, a lot of the talking points that we got for people that did sponsored stream for this was uh, very much. So like a lot of people are going to ask what outriders is, and they're going to try to compare it to other, shooters of its kind we like to think that it's kind of its own thing but if you want to have if you want to discuss say it's diablo say it's closer to diablo than anything and so like going into the game and and with that it it really is diablo like it is a diablo third person game so much of it is structured that way right. uh and and i think it's better because of it like rami you, you said that so much of this game is not balanced it's yeah. a very it's a very good way of thinking about it because it is like you can have a build that cannot do what Co is doing right now and struggle on uh, like tier 15 end game stuff and just never see this. Or you can have a build like Co right now where he's hitting for, you know, close to a million sometimes with a shot. Uh, and I think that's like kind of cool in this day and age when like the idea of balance is something that so many people strive for in so many different online games. To just have a game that kind of throws it out the window and like, no, this is okay. You can hit for yeah. a million on a on a guy and teleport behind them, and that's okay. Um, and so I really want to see like what they do as it moves forward on if they try to strive for balance. Like if what Co is doing right now gets a nerf. I hope not. I hope they just buff other stuff. I hope that's how they go about it. But we'll see. My, my genuine my genuine thought, they'll just add stuff. Yeah. There's no point. What's the point of nerfing? Like the point of the game. That here's the thing. You know, games have a vision, right? Games have an idea that is there from the start of development. And I think what these what these guys did, what these people did, they probably watched like some movie, like probably like Alien versus Predator or like one of the Predators movies, and they just went like, "What if you were that?" 
What if you walked <laughs> into a room and everybody started screaming and unloading all their weapons and you're just like <laughs> and just everything everything just dies screaming, right? Like despair for everybody. What if you made that? It makes me think of uh, the wizard. And that just shit all over my mushroom sound. (laughs) (laughs) Rami did all the uh, sound effects for Nuclear Throne, actually. It's it's, uh, (laughs) a mystery secret. Yeah. Yeah. But this is that game. They just went, okay, what if we can make you just absurdly, absurdly overpowered? Uh, But you get to mess with it, right? You can make the worst build in this game, probably be level 50 and get like seven damage out per shot, right? You can probably do that. You can probably also, at like much lower levels, be hitting for three hundred thousand, yeah. just because you set up set up stuff properly. Yep. That's fun. Why the fuck would you not do that? I mean, if you need to balance for PvP, okay, yeah, obviously you you can't do that. But this is great. Yeah. Fuck those. The good bugs. news is those bugs um, do suck. And, and it kind of uh, bodes well for the future of the game is they already do have some rudimentary balancing in. So like if you try to go from expeditions back to normal, the world tier system like automatically balances some weapons and things like that. So oh. like uh, I think it was there's a there's a very popular streamer on Facebook named King of Thallion and he took he just beeline to the main character to the main stuff and then he did some high tier farming with another group and got a bunch of gear and then when he went back to the main story to do like other things, uh, his damage was significantly lower. Because it didn't like, you know, because it rebalanced it back to where he was. So um, with stuff like that in, that bodes very well for like future content and future DLC. So no matter how crazy you get in expeditions, you know, they'll kind of be able to bring you back to a baseline and continue your power progress through the main story stuff, which is not nearly as crazy as expeditions. Expeditions basically like have, um, it's kind of linear, maybe a little bit of a curve as you get up to 10. But when you start hitting 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, it's it's like stairs. It's like stairs of power increases. Um, not only for you, but also for the enemy and the difficulty. In fact, before I changed my build around, the jump from 10 to 11 was near impossible for me. I mm. couldn't even kill epic enemies uh, before I'd run out of ammo in some cases. Like I had to basically take my build back to square one and kind of re- rework how I was doing it. So with that in mind, um, I'm guessing that the the raiding portion, the expedition portion will probably be somewhat separate from like any kind of like story-based dlc and continuation of the main game we'll see of course but it would make sense yeah and the the i think the best part is ko's experience that he just described was completely different from mine when it came to expeditions because i played co-op and so i went all the way to 14 uh, tier 14 and and the expedition stuff in like three to four hours uh because i was playing with another person who did have like their damage uh scaled but it wasn't it was it was still strong enough to like get me to that level so that I could get those drops faster and then get on that level much faster than yeah. I co mean, probably put like 20 hours into grinding solo. Um that lot, said, yeah. his was probably a lot less of adjustments and all sorts of farming. Yeah. His <laughs> his experience and this is where there are actual issues with the game is that co-op has some major like game breaking uh things um i've had guns i was i was telling co this earlier i have a gun that has a mod that if you're playing co-op and you enter into a cutscene while you're reloading the mod doesn't work until you rejoin the game um and there's a potential also when you're playing co-op that if you just open up your inventory to do anything it will just hard lock the game and when you hard lock anyone else in your game also hard locks 
So that's got to be Ooh. fixed. Um, there's uh, just kind of weird decisions with Co. Uh, you, I've only seen this from a technomancer. You're playing Trickster. I think you're using some sort of bullet mod. That the, yes. Okay. The the technomancer, not volcanic, uh, toxic rounds is mm-hmm. quite possibly the loudest sound effect in the game. And when I say that. I'll have to pull up a VOD so you guys can hear it because it you can't hear anything. You can't hear I can't hear myself shoot when my partner is shooting. I can't hear the mobs. I can't hear the music. It's just the gun just like a chainsaw revving constantly every this second or so. Is begging for a right now it's effects. There's yes. an effects volume slider. What they need is an effects and weapon effects. Um, yes. Because one thing that's really unfortunate about this game is when you turn the effects down to where the guns are actually at a manageable volume, all that little cool sound design that they have in the game becomes, you, you can't hear it at all. And it makes cutscenes super weird because a lot of times, like some of the actions they do in cutscenes will be like at a lower volume because it takes place in the game world. So it makes it look like there's no sound. Yeah. It's very strange and it looks kind of unprofessional, like they didn't work on it well enough. Then if you turn that back up, they sound relatively okay. So it's just like, ugh. But yeah, also talking about the multiplayer stuff, um, another thing this this game is absolutely requiring, and I really hope they think about putting this in soon, is loadouts. Yeah. I mean, the game already does an incredible job of letting you respect for free, um, and that's awesome. But the problem is, is, for instance, I learned the hard way that my build is completely useless in a multiplayer situation. Like, my build result revolves around these, these mods where one of them, I gain crit for five seconds after a kill on everything, which is amazing. And then the other one is, if I kill an enemy when I have 35% ammo left in my uh, my gun, it automatically reloads. And because of that, I can keep my weapon buff up the whole time. It's incredible. But if I'm playing in a group situation and they have ranged weapons, all of my stuff is close range. So if I miss like one kill, all of a sudden my weapon buff drops, I'm no longer critting. And it's like, well, guess I'll die then. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the thing. If I'm not killing, I'm dying. So yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, loadouts again would would fix that. And especially when you only have three skills out of eight, like you you want to be able to build like different things. Like oh, I want to try these three skills. Oh, let me put those to the side. Let me try these three skills. And the idea of like switching your tree every single time you're switching stuff out, it's just the game's begging for it. It's I agree for it. I agree. Uh, here's a little bit of uh, what these guns sound like. Oh, oh sound. I will warn you, this will be a little bit loud. It's kind of crazy. It's I've actually turned it down in this instance. It's it's this it's the sound right now on your right. It's farther away. This is a terrible clip. I should have actually clipped something. I did a sponsored stream with this and it was so bad that I had to like just turn oh, it yeah. down. Alright, what? Oh crap. It's not loud at all. I've done a terrible job. I'm there in a bad is. way. Not on this side. It also just seems to be... It seems to sound is very much in the high range, which is weird for a gun like this. Your numbers are way lower than Ko's. <laughs> Dude, that's very true. Uh, it's very true. I think this was just starting out, so this is... These are level 30... 38 mobs so yeah that's one of my favorite things too uh there was a, a streamer by t-rex who has a very strong build uh but i loved he like posted his damage numbers and everyone was like fucking just losing their minds in the comments and co was like 
Yeah, but these damage numbers don't mean anything because mobs have a certain amount of HP and you do that HP, you, you do that much damage to kill them. So everyone has this damage number. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, Cole, you just destroyed that. Well, no, it, 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 it was, that's not what I meant at all. It was a misreading of it. The thing is, his build, his build is crazy, but it shows you at the end how much damage it did in relation to everyone in the game. So if you're playing solo, you obviously killed all the mobs. Right. So there's no, it doesn't like if, unless you tie it to a time then it doesn't matter because everyone would have the exact same damage at the end. Cause that's how many HP the mob had. Yep. So no, it was just, it was just a misreading it, but you know, I followed that up with a question and we, had no, I know. I, I just saw that. I was like, <laughs> that was pretty funny. I don't think <laughs> I, 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 I did not feel it was a destroying them situation. It was just a clarification. It was definitely an actually moment for sure. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, well, actually that's the number guys. of HP. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys remember getting Nintendo Power, the magazine. Sure. Oh, hell yeah. Is, remember getting that? Okay. Iconic there covers. A, there was a section called High Scores, right? Uh-huh. And it reminded me that what Coast said just reminded me of that because there are certain games where the high score is the high score that everyone gets for completing the game. Mm -hmm. So, like, they would post high scores, like, this week's top 10 high scores from... You know, metal gun shooter guy thing, and it would be like all the same. Every single score was like the same because they beat the game, and that's like what you're saying, basically, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a very similar thing. Yep. Um, yeah, I think while we're also talking about this game, we should probably talk about the story. We've only talked about like expeditions and stuff. Uh, the story's like if, and I hate to tie this to a review score, but the story for me is like the perfect B movie in so many ways. And and that I mean that with like the most uh positive way to say that. It's the perfect B movie. Uh I, it's just ridiculous. And they do a lot of things where you meet a character, and we talked about this in the the demo portion that we played a while back. You meet a character, then they die five seconds later when you think they're gonna be like, you know, the big bad or the best friend or whatever. It's like, no, we just shot him in the head five seconds later. Oh, well, enjoy the game. Go shoot some more shit. Uh, and that's really fun to play. So B movie, right? Yeah. You said that it's where, where would you rank this and EDF? Cause they're like, Ooh, uh, not wow. the same. It's hard to do that. <laughs> yeah, they're not the same, but which one EDF is, is uh, uh, EDF. EDF is way more corny. Like yeah. ED, you can tell in right. EDF that they're trying to be corny. This oh, one is more like one isn't... it's just like Evil Dead B movie. Yeah, where it's like it's like it's they're they're very much it is very much corny and like most of the plot points you kind of see coming from a mile away, but they're still kind of like oh it's pretty cool you know and stuff like that. Um, and I will say like uh, it, it, it is an anyone can die situation, which I liked as well. Good. Um, there were definitely more than a couple characters I was not expecting to die that did. Um, but it's the kind of thing where it this is it's corny, it's campy, but it's enjoyable. Yeah. Like I, I personally really enjoyed the story. I really hope they they plan on releasing like further expansions. One thing this game did really well is there are a ton of questions it leaves you with. A ton. They, there are a whole lot of things in this game that they they ask and never answer. And some of them are are really important to like the world and the lore and all sorts of stuff. Like they kind of for every question they bring up an answer, 
they bring up another question like towards the end that they never do. So by the end of the game, you're like, if you liked it, which I did, I was kind of like, damn, I want a lot. Like, I want a lot more of this. I want to know, like, okay, uh, well, I, I don't, I was going to start saying the questions, but <laughs> don't say the questions. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think, um, don't say yeah. the questions. Um, but, but, but there's a, there's a lot at the end of the game that they, in some cases, even like point directly at and are like, what is that? And they like never even attempt to answer. Yeah. I think I think Zeke, the way I would describe it is that EDF story is is B movie and EDF dialogue is B movie. I think for this game, the story is not quite B movie, but the dialogue is absolutely B movie. Yeah, like, self aware though. Uh, kind of. Um, oh that's like I love that. Not answer. not in the main, not in like the main dialogue, like, but in like some I of the side stuff. Yeah, hearing the, people like. I'm going to deliver this line like a badass. And they don't oh. know that it comes out just fucking horrid. There, there is that, there's that exact thing in an expedition, which is... Holy okay. crap. Yeah, yeah, with the sniper bullet moment. You're talking about that? Well, that, that one too. Okay, that which too. I, don't, I don't know if I've seen what the holy I'm crap talking about is, I, think it's, I think it's called Mountain Something. And there's like this big steel door. And he, and he pulls the lever to open it. And there's a bunch of monsters. And he goes, holy crap. <laughs> And I've I heard mean, that line probably 15, 20 times now. And it's just like, oh. Literally, literally the first box you, you, you fight in the prologue is like the most over-the-top evil cowboy long. Yes. Like, everybody had forgotten about him, but you just, you just watch it and you're like, what? what? Like, what did they tell the voice actor? Yeah. Like, like, every, every, like, all dialogue in the game is bad. I don't think there's a single line in the dialogue where I'm like, well, bad is a bad is not quite right, but it's B. It's there, a B movie. There is one our character, Jakob, is just one giant bad joke. Yes. Like every right. single thing, every single thing this character says is endearingly terrible. There's... And like trying to get the person to laugh and not not quite getting there. Right. <laughs> every single line. There's also a character named Tiago who sounds like Andre the Giant, which is really weird. The entire time I expected him to ask if I wanted or if anyone wanted a peanut, and like that was Really strange to get by. <laughs> There's also a female character that it cuts to because the cutscenes have this weird. I think it's a deal. I think it's an issue with the cutscenes being tied to a new frame rate in the options because I have it set on 120. But sometimes cutscenes will just like end in like the middle of the last word or something on the PC version. I don't know if that's the same on console, but. Because of that, there's a scene that happens and it, it cuts very abruptly to a high pitched scream, which is a little bit alien in nature. And it was one of the funniest moments in the entire game because it's like this very serious, endearing moment. And it cuts from your character saying something very endearing and serious to this person <laughs> going, <"Eee!" laughs> out of nowhere and not expected. It's so abrupt. It it actually this, made the game <laughs> ten out of ten for me. It was so good. Somebody somebody who worked on that for weeks is just watching us be like, he liked that better. <laughs> well, it was very yeah, good. Yeah. I I love the game. I everything about it is like you're supposed to be aggressive, go in hard, set yeah. your build up right before you go into a room and then just wreck just wreck stuff. Like if you have to take cover, you messed up, which yes. is love it. I just bro is such consistent game design. Yeah, the entire game is like, you know, when you play a game 
I don't know if anybody else plays the game, but if you're a game designer, you play a game and you kind of get a feeling for the game design. And in the good games, it's like a train. It just it just keeps going. This is like a train and there's just monsters on the rails. And it's just like, the entire game is just like squishy sounds. It's just, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's, I did not expect to like this game. It's a good way to put it. I, I didn't expect to like as much as I do as well. Like it. I dude, I was actually very public about the fact that the I tried to watch one of the um they did like a bunch of promo Twitch streams mm-hmm. and the last one I watched, I stopped watching halfway through it because looking back, I think they were doing the Frontlines Expedition and I had no concept of the modding or the crafting or any of that and I remember watching it being like this looks boring. Yeah. Like this looks like they're just shooting stuff. Nothing's really happening. He's just spamming his skills. This looks boring. And I remember talking to the chat and they were all like, yeah, this doesn't look very good. Like, let's go play something else. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then sure enough, it came out and and I have over 60 hours in it now and I'm playing it again tonight. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying it. Like I'm I the the depth of the builds and the depth of the synergies and stuff um is a lot of fun. And then the game, it's I the, the funny enough, and I know a lot of people are gonna laugh at this. Gameplay actually reminds me of Anthem in all the right ways. And I'm one of the people that actually liked the Anthem gameplay. It was everything else that was the problem. Right. So, like, that was, like, that was the problem. And a lot of people are like, is this Anthem 2.0? And I'm like, this game, like, Anthem 2.0 wishes it was this game. Because this game has a fleshed out, you know, 25 plus hour single player. It has an actual end game already there and ready. It's got lots of gear and synergies to explore and do. If Anthem had all this, we wouldn't be joking about it yeah. these days. Like, this wouldn't, we wouldn't, Anthem wouldn't be a joke. It wouldn't be the butt of a joke. If it had all this stuff when it came out, it, so yeah, man. I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 very cool in that regard. It's very cool. I agree. I agree with everything uh, that both of you have said about it. It's it's a, a lot of fun. I also think that uh, this game highlights what a demo can do for your game. Uh, and I've heard so many people say like, "Yeah, I played the demo uh, and I bought it because of that." And also, "Yeah, I played a demo and I didn't buy it because of that." But I was thankful that the demo existed. So like, good on them for putting that out. Um, so. While I'm sure it's not going to sway any other uh, game companies to create demos, put more demos out there. It's yeah. good. It helps. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting, and this is a, a little bit of a tangent outside of the actual game, uh, and I'm curious if, if, Ko, you got this as well uh, with a, a larger amount of people watching. When the, when the game first launched last Wednesday, we took the day off because it was early access. There were so many people that were joining the chat and they were just like, is this the next Anthem? Is this the next Marvel's Avengers? Is this the next Anthem? Is it... I I didn't see a single person say, is this, is it as bad as Cyberpunk was on release? And I guess maybe because those games don't necessarily relate, but I never saw it ever related to Cyberpunk release. It was always Anthem. It was always Avengers. I'm curious if that was the same for you, Co. Sub Marvel Avengers, because I didn't play that. Yeah. Destiny. Okay. I got so many people comparing this game to Destiny. Um, but outside of that, no. Looking back, I I don't I don't think there was I think the fact that there was an early look at this game really helped it with that. Mm. Like it it helped get a lot of that out of the way. The fact that anyone could just download and play, you know, and check it out and see how they liked it. And then they could transfer their progress over and stuff. Like they they put a much better foot forward where they were kind of like, let's work with the community, let's give them a reason to try our game, you know, let's Let's implement the loud feedback they told us to between the demo and release. Like it was such a different feel where with everyone with cyberpunk is like, did you lie to us? CDPR? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, are you trying to pull a fast one on us? Like 
that that's a different feeling that hits different you know sure. when a company feels like it's actively trying to mislead you where another one is like actively trying to give you a better experience so no i don't remember almost any cyberpunk stuff um i did hear a lot of you know tangents to various projects across the the decades uh because of the servers being down and the technical uh, issues and, yeah. and a lot of people crashing and things like that there was there was certainly a lot of talk with that stuff yeah. um but no no, no real CDPR stuff. Yeah, I got a lot of Diablo yeah, just three. Yeah, real bad for that. Just, just yeah, it. like it. That was maybe the the. In, it, it's it's weird to see these giant failures like like that shit sticks with those devs, right? Or that sticks with that IP. Like, an anthem will always be a reference to a bad game. <laughs> like a cyberpunk will probably always be a reference to a terrible launch. Uh, yes, I, not necessarily a terrible game because it might get fixed. Uh, Anthem is dead. Terrible launch. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, Anthem, 70, I think no matter how good seventy six gets, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Anthem will recover. <laughs> You're gonna put that out there. You think they're gonna I, figure I it out? I genuinely think. I think the the game is dead. I think the reputation will recover. I think people will look at it as an interesting experiment that failed, and now that the hopes of it ever coming back are gone, I think people might Anthem go like, on, you know, yeah. Maybe. Where were we say Anthem is one of the only games that died twice. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so it's so sad. Yeah. But in a way, I think a lot of people were still kind of rooting for it, and I think a lot of people that hated it while it was a life will look back at it and go like, "Eh, it just it just wasn't." I think Cyberpunk is is harsher because it was very intentionally the way it was, right? Um, and I think. Like top ten anime betrayals in video games, like gen like going from The Witcher three and how that was handled to Cyberpunk and how that was handled, I think a lot of people are going to remember that for a long time. Even if the game recovers, Anthem is never going to recover. I think its reputation will recover. Like there's always these weird kind of broken games that you look at and like when you play them, you're like, what the? F and then ten years later, you look back and you're like, you know what? It was not good, but <laughs> they were at least trying something, you know. Sure. I think Anthem will end up in that bucket. Hmm. I think it's going to, honestly, DA4 is going to decide that. True. If Bioware their, their releases next game, DA4 yeah. and it's, and it's trash-tastic as well, like in terms of what it can deliver, like I, I, think, I think that would be a big thing. However, to, to Rami's point, if DA4 comes out and it's, you know, hey, look, Bioware is somehow back, um, I think that that would take, have people take a second look at Anthem. I mean, hell, maybe right. if, if it's popular enough, maybe they'll even bring it back. Um, you know, like as as a third try. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine EA coming to you and being like, "Okay, we have a project for you, but it's a risky one." You're like, "Oh, okay." Oh, Dragon like, Age Four. I'm sorry, Dragon Age Four. <laughs> they're just like, "So we need you to make Anthem." Like as a designer, I would just go like, "You killed that twice." You know that? They're like, "Yeah, we won't do that this time." It's like. Yeah, but can I, can I get anything you might else? remember <laughs> this, there's a, a man who you may have heard of. He died twice as well, and he's bigger than ever. <laughs> so, That's, the pitch. Uh, That's a great pitch. I'd make that game. I'd make that game. You know? That's a very good pitch. That's 100% how that would get pitched. <laughs> And then call it Anthem Resurrected. Oh boy! Yeah. No, Diablo already took that. And oh, an Anthem, Anthem, Anthem Resurrected Apostles. is 
is a common yeah like resurrection resurrected like that's a common like title like uh uh subtitle or whatever yeah. it's called it is it is, it is indeed. I mean, anyways oh. that's outriders it's good uh i think me and co are both gonna still be playing it so we might have some more to uh to share next week um yeah i i think i saw them saying this morning that they are going to be posting like changes here pretty soon or at least uh, their first patch or something like that or talking about it on reddit so very curious to see what they decide to uh to do from a like one i hope they fix the issues that we talked about uh with a big focus on co-op and and two like if they decide to balance anything um and what that is the chat is going for it anthem risen is really good whoever said anthem risen like anthem Anthem requiem Just, there we go. Back in the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I like Zack Snyder's yeah. anthem. That's my. That's a good one. <laughs> that one wins in my chat. Oh, I watched that actually. I watched Every, the the Snyder I watched cat. that too. I have not watched yeah. it yet. I saw I saw a blurb yesterday that uh, apparently more than half the people that watched uh, the four hour or tried to watch the four hour thing stopped halfway. That was where the, that was the cutoff point. So. I mean, oh, I yeah, almost quit it. It's a four-hour movie, Co. Yeah, they I watched stopped for two halfway, hours. and then I watched the, the other two hours the next night. That's yeah. So I, like, I, I watched it in one. I, I watched it in one go. I almost quit at the opening sequence. It's like a four and a half minute slow motion slow motion sequence of a dude walking across <laughs> yeah. a mountain. Yeah, isn't it and supposed to be like? That was, wasn't it like ten percent or fifteen percent of that movie? Isn't like thirty minutes of a four-hour movie is in slow motion or something like that? I haven't seen it so. It's if all just, of that was 60 frames per second, it will be a 20-minute movie. Like, it is... <laughs> yeah. I've heard conflicting good. things. I have not That's checked it out good. yet. Anyways. Anyways, uh, time is short, at least with Rami. So let's talk Disco Elysium here. Because, uh, Zeke, I know you played a lot of this. Ko, I know you play a lot of this. Uh, I know you guys both tried it prior to uh, the full voice acting, and now you're both back in it. Uh, and I think pushing towards the end. Zeke, what do you think? Is it worth it? Is it the best... Uh, who was it? Was it Bike Man that had a tweet uh, yeah, saying it was the best, the best writing in any video game ever, best written game ever? Change his mind. Speaking of, speaking of fart smelling. <laughs> yeah. Do you not agree? No. I no. Listen, it's really intelligent writing. It's it's uh, really well written. I mean, I, I can't like I can't deny that, but you also can't deny the fact that. There is a lot of really intelligent writing that you just don't need, I think. Like, it is a lot of, of, uh, of, man, it's, it's, it's like taking a history course of a place you've never heard of. And it is dense Hmm. still, even with the voice acting, it's, it, it makes it a shitload better. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm enjoying the game. But even I have a limit to how much shit I want to do before there's some goddamn action or something <laughs> like movement. Like you'll sit there for an hour and a half. I'm not kidding you. This is not a joke. An hour and a half with only the text box changing. It's like, uh, I just want something else to look at, you know, like, and it even tells you, it's like, maybe you should take a break from this and go like come back to this later because it's gonna be pretty long i'm like fuck you i'm sticking it i'm sticking around That's i'm a listening challenge. to the entire story 
And it like I knew it too because I did it last time. Like last time I played the game, I got that far to the. There's a certain character who basically she gives you a lowdown on reality, and uh, you talk to her, and she talks, gives you everything, every single little piece of information, and it's just <laughs> even long-winded shit that has pictures like take v for vendetta the comic the the comic book it is very long-winded very wordy very well written but the panels change like at least you get like a new panel every so often like the pan the, like the pictures you look at change like it's it's not bad it's just you like there's only so much flowery language like I thought the same thing when I was reading, uh, uh, when I read the Game of Thrones books. I don't need three pages to describe fucking dinner. <laughs> I don't need it. Sure. I don't need it to tell me how salty and succulent the pig is. Just tell me you had salty ham and we'll move on. <laughs> Man. Is that th me? That's I, just me. No, this is, I, you're saving me from uh, booting it up. I feel because right. well, I mean, if you think it's a lot, then it's, it's got to be a lot. It's beautiful language, but a lot of it, like, is just that. Mm. It's flavor, and I, I do. I played D and D a long time, and I, I enjoy a good, a good helping, a good serving of flavor text. I'm a big fan. I like it. it's like mm, it really complements the meal, but when the flavor text is over like the mashed potatoes have overtaken the turkey and the turkey becomes smaller and smaller and the mashed potatoes become bigger and bigger it's like this is just mashed potatoes with a turkey chunk in it <laughs> okay all right disco elysium the final cut it's just mashed potatoes with turkey in them that's the the review <laughs> from it's, it's the best mashed potatoes it's the best mashed potatoes you've ever eaten though okay that's the caveat that's, the that's what that's what the reviewer or that's you what the headline leaves out that's what you find. Yeah, in the you reader. gotta go into it expecting like the side the, the the ancillary commentary, the commentary about the world, not about what's happening. Like not not the game. Practice. Like you're we're talking about like all the stuff, like murder right here. This is what you're this is what we're talking about. Like, this is where we start. There's a murder, right? You mm -hmm. see a guy hanging. But then that becomes further and further away from everything because it's all this information coming in and it's just like, wait, I was looking at this murder. What is going on? What happened to the murder? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I can't complain about how like it's written because the dialogue and the voice acting, let's talk about that for a second. And the voice acting is phenomenal. It's really, really good. They have so many different flavors, so many different accents, I love that when they do that. Like if 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 a studio is able to throw in 12, 20, 50 different accents while still speaking English, thanks. Um it is awesome. I love that. It really helps my immersion because you're not seeing 50 guys with voices like this. You know? Everybody has a different accent, everybody has a different voice. Everybody's uh, like I there may be like some b but more more often than not it's aa plus voice acting all the way through and it's really really good nice 
and this motherfucker oh my god wait on i i'm the kind of player i don't i'm, I'm not saves coming oh oh Kuno? This, this i tried to punch this motherfucker <laughs> five times and died <laughs> like i died every time i tried to smack this kid and eventually <laughs> i didn't do it i i like i lost the opportunity i gotta like up a skill or something in order to smack this kid and it, it's just not happening. I got to find something that, that gives me a, a skill up so I can, maybe I have another chance at hitting him. Or I got to relate to him, which, God, I really don't want to do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there's, there's you know, I don't want to say, like, the other things that have happened in the game in case you want to play it, which you should. Um, just, I think the gist of this, the gist I want to get across is it's okay to take breaks. Mm. Like, take, take breaks in conversations come back to people like it can make you not want to exhaust dialogue trees if you have the wrong attitude for me personally I'm, I'm talking about me personally i can't speak for everyone i know everyone fucking sucks this game's dick all day every day <laughs> like it's so great it's the you know next it's a visual novel is what it is it's a visual novel with more part with more movement just slightly more but then again, I've only played 25 hours of it. Was that Zeke so maybe, Speed, would you maybe say? Maybe it gets more action-y. Oh, okay. I'm curious. No, go. Like, I'm done. I'm done talking. Go. Well, I'm curious I'm in terms of... I feel like we went through the entire dialogue tree about <laughs> what Zeke thought. We exhausted the dialogue tree. Of, you exhausted uh, my dialogue tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of uh, where you're at story-wise, uh, just to... Because I know COVID. See, there I, it is. Yeah, I just like a punch. Uh, <laughs> I do want to get Co's thoughts because I love the smug smile the entire time Zeke was talking. Uh, yep. Who's further in the game? Do you guys know? Have you chatted? Have you looked at each other's playthrough at all? Okay. It's a it's a go anywhere kind of a game. So the first time I played it, I went, I completely ignored because I went up to the body and I couldn't touch it or do anything with it because I didn't have high enough skill or didn't pass skill checks. So I left and I went way like. Followed a completely different storyline and got way further in that direction oh, than I okay. have now. But this this time around, I'm actually staying. I stayed in this the central place for now, and I have gotten every dialogue from like the librarian, the boat lady, like the old guy, the old the pair of old guys. Like each one of those like people are like two hours each of just like shit. Thanks. So like it's that's what I'm saying when I say it's a lot that's what I'm talking about. It's because I have I want to complete this area talking to people mm. and then I'll see what's going on in the other area. Sure. No, that's, that's... which might not be the best idea for my my mental health. Co, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on Disco Elysium? The final okay. cut. Uh, so first, let's talk about my thoughts on what I just heard from this guy here. We have we have yes. something we have something called a bad take, and <laughs> what that means is if you if you go to the movies and you're like, I'm gonna go see this movie, and then on the way to walk in the movie, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go get something to eat, and then I'm gonna play the arcade game, then I'm gonna talk to my friends, and then I'm gonna go ride in that little spaceship ride, and then I'm gonna man, this movie is so boring. But you haven't even gone and looked at the movie yet. The whole thing about this game... Um, first of all, I'm totally messing with you, Zeke. I completely see where you're coming from. But here's, here's the point I'm going to make. Here, here's, here's, here's the point I'm going to make. 
all that flavor stuff that 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 is there i love that stuff it fleshes out the world in ways that most games just gloss over it gives this realistic edge to the game but you the thing is and this is one of the things that i'm kind of surprised he did it at all is it is just flavor like you don't need to do any of that like i'm surprised with with what i was hearing zeke is like why don't you just focus on the murder like you don't need to do any of that like most of this game is fleshy exposition it's it's just there to kind of like like the whole reality thing you don't even need to do that like it's just it's just like if you're trying to figure out more about yourself and who you are and like and the state of the world and well, the ultra liberalism and how that stuff works and let, let me let me like put it to you this way co i want you to read lord of the rings fellowship of the rings but i want you to you don't really need you skip chapter three and seven and nine skip those you don't need those at all it's just flavor like, doesn't that sound a little weird to you? I want all that shit, but it's a lot, you know? I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And maybe there's like a yeah. little bit in there that adds more flavor to the main thing that you do want to do. So, the, I mean, that that yeah. absolutely makes sense. Um, but like, I, I, it's, I think one of the things that makes Disco, let me, let me start at the beginning. This game is amazing. Um, it, it does things in, in ways that I've seen no other game even attempt, let alone do well. Like some of the conversations that you have, some of the way that it, it it flips things on you, some of the dialogue options it gives you, um, the ways that your your own body and mind interact with you in the dialogue. Like sometimes you'll be having a talk and and your body will just stop you. A part of your brain will stop you and be like, "Wait a second, did you think about this?" And what's crazy is that's the devs talking to you. Like a lot of times it it, it comes off as kind of like you know the different skills hitting checks and stuff. But a lot of times it's like the narrator is jumping in and being like, hold on, did you notice when that person said this, this, and this? And a lot of times your only option is like, no, I didn't. And it's like, well, you should have. Let me tell you why. And it like kind of goes into like why that, I mean, I just had a like a, a, a dialogue where literally other parts of me were tricking other parts of me. And one of the part was trying to convince me that the other parts of my body were 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 working with the person I was talking to and not me. And like, it was this crazy conversation where it was just like, what is going on? But at the same time, like incredibly well-written, like everything just kind of clicks. Every time I clicked, I was just like, it just kept deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And like this one conversation, I realized at the end of that part, it's like, this is one thing that I might take for another game and be like, that part of the game is incredible. But in Disco Elysium, it's like every other conversation has multiple of those types of parts. I have a necktie. It just randomly jumps into the conversation screaming at me because I'm playing this guy that has an overactive imagination, which you don't need to do at all. That's just the archetype that I have. So he'll just randomly jump in and start screaming at me about how, you know, uh, uh, how I should be taking that speed because it'd be make me a more fun person and people would like to want to hang out with me more. And it's, it's, it's just everything in this game is wild. It's all really well written. Now with the voice acting, it's all voice acted. And like Zeke said, I couldn't agree more. Like the voice acting is top notch. Um, the different parts of your bodies have different voice actors. So like your limbic system has a voice actor. The electrochemistry that's that's trying to convince you to drink and take drugs has a voice actor. The main narrator who does most of your skills is really good. He's got this amazingly deep baritone voice and he's got a timbre and, and like rhythm that really just knocks it out of the park. Um, all of the different characters have their own voices. Uh, it is, just like Zeke said, a visual novel. That's essentially what this game is. It's a visual novel with light, well, semi-light RPG elements and like the lightest of walking simulator elements. Um, but man, I mean, it is, it is, I'm just getting to the point. 
you said you said it's a visual, but your entire chat said I was wrong about that. <laughs> oh, my chat's wrong all the time. Don't we can't that. both be right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I mean, you, it, are it is, both, you are both right. You're absolutely both it, right. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's a visual novel in terms of the raw amount of writing that conveys the game. Like that's a visual novel. I say I I call a game a visual novel when it's primarily in the written medium. When when most of it is being delivered to you through writing or in many cases voice acting. Like I would I would argue that Detroit Become Human is visual novely, um, where a lot of people would would disagree with me. Um, but it's the kind of thing where where this has lots of different elements, and even if you catch it at the right times, it'll look almost like ARPG point and clicky. Um, you know, like a point and click adventure game. So it combines a lot of things to kind of come up with its own method of delivering its message. Um, but again, like I, it, at this point, it's a fantastic game. It is a very adult game. That's one thing that I, that we've talked to my chat a lot about. Like this is a kind of game that you can clearly tell this is not designed for people that are kind of like passive gamers. Like you kind of need to be paying attention the whole time. It's really interesting stuff. If you listen and 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 get the story, but if you're the kind of person like me in most of my twenties that would you know like have an episode of Family Guy going and just kind of like messing around in a gaming kind of thing, like you'll miss too much in this game. There's too much important stuff. There's the the nuance is everywhere. So if you miss a little bit of it, it can kind of throw off everything else. And also just the humor and and everything is is very adult oriented, especially <laughs> when you talk about characters like Kuno and uh, some of the stuff he says. It's very jarring. Um, and uh, but at the same time, like it's. It's unique. It's incredibly unique, right. and uh, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite games. Real quick, Ben Silencing put it put it pretty well in in JP's chat. Said Zeke read History of Middle Earth, co-read Lord of the Rings, and that can happen. And that's what I'm. That's what happened to me. The first time I played it, I got a lot of actiony scenes, a lot of cool dialogue, and I missed a lot of backstory. This time, I'm getting all the backstory and none of the meat at the moment. But that's the thing. I'm I'm ready for it. I know it ramps up, and I'm ready for that shit to happen. It's just right. I wanted to like the completionist side of me wants to like. Okay, I've talked to every single person in this little area, and I've done every single thing, and now it's just going to go like a bullet. I'm hoping that happens. I'm betting that happens very soon. In fact, I know certain things are going to happen due to like the twelve hours I played before. Rami, I'm sorry. Please go. I was going to say yeah before he has to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. Like the, you, you two are both right, aren't you? Like it's just it's an extremely gratuitous game. That's really it. It's like it, everything it does, it does to the extremes. Uh, so if you if you go in there looking for turkey, you can get to the turkey. But yeah, you're right. It's covered <laughs> in obscene amounts of mashed potatoes. Like just <laughs> genuinely obscene amounts of like. I wonder where analogy. they got the potatoes. Uh, but it, but it's a good analogy. Like it, it, it is actually what the game is. The thing is that I think a lot of the point of the game is the mashed potatoes, right? Um, so, yeah, it, I haven't played this voice acted version. I must admit, I haven't played this version. I've played the 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 original, wow. um, but um, I've heard the voice acting is really good. I just, yeah, no, like a lot of mashed potatoes, and I, I happen to enjoy that. For uh, for you, Rami, since you finished it, is this the type of game that you can play twice? Oh, you can play this many, let, many let times. Me, let me refresh. Is this the type of game you want to play twice? For me, no. Okay. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm also the kind of person that has only played every Mass Effect game once. 
Mm. Right. Like when sure. I when I've done a run of a choose your own adventure as game, that version sticks with me and I don't I don't want any other version. I'm like nervous about the Mass Effect remake. Like I <laughs> You don't want, I want to, to not play like it? it? Is that the issue? I, no, I want to play it, but that's not my shepherd. My shepherd oh. did all this stuff like ten years ago, and I just I, I don't want to. What if I what if I do it wrong? What if it's not like my original shepherd? I forgot what choices I made. I think it ended up pretty well, but you know, yeah, um, I get that. But I have I have one shepherd, and similarly in in games like Disco Elysium, I have one run of the game. That's my run of the game. I'm happy with that. I ate a lot of potatoes. It was great. <laughs> all right, there you go. Disco Elysium, the final cut, and potatoes. Let me let me just say finally, I love the game. It's just you, you ever love someone, but you have to like you're like uh, okay, I'm gonna, I, I, I have to set this down for a minute. I have to set it down for a minute. I have to digest what I just all the mashed potatoes I just ate. I have to let them sit there. I have to take a nap. And I will come back to it tomorrow. Like you. You but realize the, the game is so good. The game explicitly told you to take a break at times. And you I know like, it did. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, sir, sir, I'm are you taking a break? Sir, yeah. you've been eating. You've been eating seven plates of potatoes. You should really stop eating potatoes. Ziggs is like, no, 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 no. Bring me more. Just make me more. I can have more. One more plate, please. One more plate. <laughs> not, not that there is a, and maybe there is, but not that there is a specific way to play any game. Do you think that like streaming this game uh, benefits it or hurts it for you, Zeke? Uh, Zeke, talk about the integration. The Twitch integration. Oh, that's right. The Twitch integration. It's actually, it's actually really great. Um, it's definitely enhancing for sure. It's because if I was playing this on my own, yeah, I'd be. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'd be saves coming. I'd be min maxing. I'd be like trying to like pass every check the first time through. Or like you know you know like because uh, in this game you can pass any check you want if you reload enough times because there's a double sixes passes any time passes every check mm. so you can just reload 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 until you have rolled double sixes like for any check you want I think um, but uh, the way I'm playing it is very much Twitch integration where every single time you get like dialogue options. One, two, three, whatever. You hit this little thing on the, excuse me, on the right hand side, and people can just click the screen to vote through the extension. Like huh. you get, you have to get the Twitch integration and the extension overlay. So you do that. But also, one cool thing is, uh, you don't have to. You don't have to do it. They just give you a percentage on the vote. And I mean. If you're gonna do Twitch integration and let them vote, like pick the one they you might, you might as well vote. Yeah, exactly. Vote. Sure. Um, so the other thing they can do is they can see all of your open missions. They can see all of your stats, like your empathy, your your huh? you know uh, uh, s esprit de corpse. They can see all of that stuff. Um, <laughs> they can see all of, all of your stats basically, but they can also boost you if you press a button. They can choose to uh, add one to one of your four main abilities and minus one from your four main abilities. So if I'm going up against a check, I'm like, all right, I need more intellect, guys. Press the button. They screw me. They take away take away one of my intellect. Because they can do that. That's the thing. They can plus and minus. So they take away one of my intellect, and I've made the deal with them. Like, whether you give me the boost or you fuck me, I'm going to use the, 
the bonus or the negative or the debuff and i press the button and and i have been failing even with chat's help when they decide to help me i've been failing checks an inordinate amount like a lot and let me tell you i'm starting to see I'm, why there's a lot of uh, potatoes in your playthrough <laughs> but i'm but i'm fine with it though because sometimes failing a check is far more entertaining and interesting like i'll just give you an example one check i failed the failure status was this i run away from the guy i'm talking to i fly through the air with both of my fingers up and i say fuck you <laughs> happened to me before because i passed the check what is it? it's just me like you you start running in the opposite direction you fly through the air with both middle fingers in the air screaming fuck you and then Pretty you good. fall on the ground and you take it you take a damage but man it was worth it it was worth okay. it to fail that one it was fucking great yeah but I'll, uh I, I yeah do, i do have to ask alternatively zeke or alternatively co are you are you safe scumming for your successes uh, every so often okay if you I, really I, want there, that path there there are particular things where like i just really want to know what's behind that door mm. kind of thing um but that being said no i'm i'm actually safe scumming a lot less than i normally do and uh i i <laughs> have gotten to the point where i will say i will put the audience vote up there and i'll be like we're just doing it like whatever you pick we're just doing it so if yeah. you want to see this you know how to do it and that's when chat usually starts spamming no out no out no out <laughs> and um okay. it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty much 50 percent i'd say if if it if it if it's good or bad um you know like they they uh they, they don't treat me too well to be honest <laughs> um but you know it's it's a lot of fun and i also i like using the they're not only as as zeke was saying not only can they do the stat thing but the the voting thing is very cool too because it just like you just press a button jackets for 15 seconds the extension's really nice. It overlays it on their on their screen. They get to read the dialogue, read all the options, and then they just get to click on whichever one. And for us, what we see is we just see a little percentage pop up after every single option, and it just goes up or down. And after 15 seconds, it locks. So it doesn't select it or That's do anything awesome. crazy. It's just kind of like, man, I don't know which one of these I want, I want to do. Which one do you want to do, chat? Click. Just wait 15 seconds, and then all the percentages are right there. And most yeah, of the time I go really with quick. it, I'm like, no, chat, I'm not going to murder him jesus and then i'll pick like the option that i wanted to um but I'm yeah i'm saying it's, it's, like that guys, that's pretty guys, funny guys, guys i love you all you gotta I have go. to run i have a I have a live interview on tv no no I, like, I know i was gonna get you the, out of here the, the producer's calling me okay do, do you so, have anything to say rami love the mashed potatoes oh, this, is, this, is super uh, this is this is great like this uh no always such a pleasure to be here uh, i loved hearing all your takes on um, on disco elysium honestly that was fascinating because for me i can't see past the the narrative web the like holy crap how did they do that and to just hear a pure experience of it is lovely um i'm just doing yeah i don't know what just happened it's okay it's okay um Anyway, a total total pleasure. Ah, total pleasure. Um, total pleasure being here. Total pleasure with the chat and everybody. Uh, I hope to be back sometime in the nearby future. Uh, for now, uh, check me out on Twitter, tha underscore rami. I also have a podcast. If you happen to be like into ooh, Arabic culture or something, uh, I have a podcast called The Baby. Somebody's calling me. I'm gonna hop off. Love yep. you all. Bye, Rami. Bye. Have a good day. Bye, Rami. Love Bye. You. Bye, bud.
Anyways, let's continue our discussion about Disco Elysium. <laughs> nice. I don't want to end it. Uh, he it, knows how to do it. He knows that what happened. He does. He knows what's going on. Um, yeah, any other uh, commentary before we... We are going to take a break, I suppose, here. Would be a good time. But Disco Elysium. I took, a, took three days off. Uh, I took uh, Monday, Tuesday, and today. Mm-hmm. So I will be jumping back into it tomorrow. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I want, I I'm excited to continue this game, but it's little small bites, little 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 small little small bites. Sure. And then take a couple of days to digest all of that shit. I am excited to see where it goes, and I hope you guys join me. However, I will say, like as a streamer, it's tanking my numbers. Like it's not doing very well at all. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a... the, big, the big problem with the game is this. It's the same thing that I encounter. When I do those long, long RPGs that I play, where yep. it's kind of like the first few days are generally pretty cool because you have this large group of people that want to check the game out or yep. are wanting to get in at the beginning. But the longer you go, the harder it is for people that didn't jump in at the beginning yep. to oh, actually yeah. follow what's going on. Totally. So oh, yeah. it becomes harder and harder and harder. It's the same thing I'm dealing with Persona 5 Strikers right now. Yep. Whenever I stream Persona 5 Strikers, people jump in and they're just like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> I don't, know anybody, I don't know where any of these people are. I have no idea what's going on in the story. Why is there like, an army of I, Jack that guy has a flaming motorcycle? Yeah, that? like it's just, <laughs> I like the music. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a thing. So yeah, yeah. It's tough to stream, but it's one of those games where it's like, it's worth it. The, the best thing also I can recommend, and this goes to anyone wanting to stream it, including you, JP, if you want to play it, section off a few days and give it as much time as you can in those days. Like try to, try to beginning to end it as fast as you can pick like a four day thing and do like four 10 hour streams yeah and just like brute force it and it'll be better for the channel and also better for the viewers in a lot of way um because they can follow along like real quickly with what's going on yeah makes sense probably the yeah. best way to handle that yeah it's it's the type of thing where there's so much uh there was so much buzz when it came out and now with the, the final cut being out there's more buzz again um i will say that the conversation around it is incredibly like highbrow artsy fartsy stuff and i generally mm-hmm. will not necessarily shy away from that but it's also the type of thing where i'm like eh, i kind of like games where the numbers get bigger and there's big explodey bits at the moment <laughs> <laughs> so Man, yeah for for it's 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 rough for someone with like add like i have it's it's like it's I get I get shit on a lot because it, it it makes me seem like I'm not intelligent enough to understand it. Sure. If my attention span is not long enough to care, sometimes that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, you know, it's like you like a lot of people can just sit there with a book. You have to train your brain to do that shit, man. That's all it is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As someone who who's recently started reading again, and it was like, all right, I can read maybe 10 minutes before I read a whole page and I don't know what I just read. Uh, <laughs> whereas as a kid, yep. I would read an entire book in like, you know, four or 500 pages in like three days. Uh, and I would be able to retain everything. It's just, if you don't use that skill, you lose it. Instead, I, uh, I play the potato chip of gaming and just see numbers go up and explosions occur. And that's great. That's easy. <laughs> that's easy to turn my brain off with. But yeah. It's funny you say that. I, mean, I'm, I think I'm that's actually... why I... Well, oh, good. Go ahead. ahead. I think that's why I've been enjoying Valheim so much. Mm. Like lately, just offline, it's like I get the denseness of Disco Elysium makes my brain like. Remember that Far Side cartoon where he's like, "I need to be excused. My brain is full." 
<laughs> like that's what i feel like after a disco elysium stream i'm like i'm sorry my brain is full now i have to go bye bye dude so i, I go to valheim and i'm just like strong guy chop wood it's it, alternatively i'm getting that on weekends with final fantasy raids we'll raid for like six hours and by the end it's just like i'll see you guys <laughs> i can't think my brain is filled with too many mechanics in an eight minute period that we've been doing for 10 hours or whatever uh it's it's a lot but uh what were you going to say, uh, Co? I, I think about reading or... Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I actually just started reading again recently, like end of last year, before yeah. bed, trying to replace my cell stuff. And the amount of times that I have to reread things is just amazing. Like, I'll get to the very bottom of a page and just realize that I have no idea what just happened. Yep. Um, unless, of course, it's the opposite. If I'm super interested in something, everything else shuts down. That's great. My wife will be screaming at me, and I'm sitting here at the end of, like, a Brandon Sanderson novel in the Sanderland. It's just like, going like this you know and <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's polar opposite it's yeah. polar opposite yep yeah. that that book specifically at least for me is the the first one is definitely like oh we're just going to introduce you to three random characters that don't have any meaning and then it's like oh god i can't read three sentences without being distracted by something but then it gets into another chapter it's like all right chapter done Ch oh god it's 2 a.m i gotta go to sleep like yeah same thing that's Disco Elysium in a nutshell, the final cut. Uh, I'm interested to circle back once both of you have finished it uh, so we can get kind of the, the complete uh, conversation, the complete package of that. Um, but we got to take a break. So let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Monster Hunter Rise. Zeke, you played, uh, Nar I hope, uh, is it Narita Boy? N right? Narita Boy. Yeah, I got a code for that. Watch the video of it and it. The music was 10 out of fucking 10. I'm interested to hear if the gameplay is uh, 10 out of 10 as well. Uh, so we'll discuss that. And Co's been playing a bunch of shit as well. So we got more games coming up, uh, and we'll try to cram as many of those into about a 45-minute segment uh, right after this. Shout out to Rami for coming on as well. Um, I'm not sure if... I don't know if his stuff is being streamed on Twitch or if it's an actual, like, proper TV interview. Uh, but if there is a place to watch that, uh, we'll post it in chat and get it out there for you guys. Uh, we'll be right back, though. about Al Jazeera and BBC. Okay, maybe it's just like flat out TV, One TV or both. Yeah, yeah. I think most of that stuff is usually pre-recorded, but yeah. Anyways, we're gonna take a break. Be right back with more drop frames right after this. We'll see you guys in about five or six. Welcome back, everyone. Going into the second half here of dropped frames. Rami's departed. He's on TV. He's a big timer now. Uh, let's jump into some conversation. I guess I want to jump in and talk about Monster Hunter Rise because we have not yet. I'm really glad that I jumped into that game, I guess, first and foremost, on the Switch. It is, I don't know if this is a hot take, but it's what I think about it. It's a better game in the world. Uh, it is rewritten everything that I think I liked about Monster Hunter that was put into world and made it even more fun. Um, I put like 60 hours into it. Um, I will, I still play, uh, from time to time offline. Uh, but they have, I feel like in, uh, in the monster hunter world, if, if world went one direction, rise went the other direction in kind of a purist monster hunter world. Um, in the addition of all of the wire bug stuff, it's just, it's great. You can sharpen while riding now, which people that don't play monster hunter that seems like a stupid thing but to people that play monster hunter that's like a your brain explodes a little bit when you think of the fact that you can move around while sharpening your weapon um and that alone in itself is like 
just ridiculous. Um, and that goes from across, that goes to everything. The, the addition of the dog, I hope that that's a mainstay moving forward in every Monster Hunter game because uh, it just allows for so much that you couldn't do in other games. And it's, it's 10 out of 10. Um, I also don't know how that game works on the Switch. Capcom, I think, are, are wizards or something. I don't understand how that game runs on the Switch and, and doesn't drop FPS with the amount of craziness that's happening. It is 30. I got to say, it's also running at like some ungodly low res, uh, like 720p-ish resolution while docked. I think undocked, it's like 540 or something like that. It's really low resolution. Um, but the, uh, the RE engine that it runs on is uh, ridiculous in the fact that it can just keep up with everything. So, um, yeah. Now, is it, a, is it a completely new like game? Yep. It's not like an expansion or a DLC or nothing. It's a completely new game. It's completely new. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. is. It new is. monsters, new everything. Yep. yep. Okay. Completely. Uh, completely. Well, yes, yes. There are new monsters. There there are returning monsters, as is in any monster hunter. Sure. Um, and yeah, there's there's brand new monsters. They even put a spider uh, for the first time in Monster Hunter. There's finally a giant spider. First time? I think the first time there's a giant spider. I think that's the first time they've ever had one. Chat will correct me here in just a sec. Um, it's, it's also like, oh, no, there was, okay. There was one in generations the second time I will say, um, it's also like, <laughs> it's not like, uh, is someone with, uh, arachnophobia, I guess a mild case of arachnophobia. It's not the same arachnophobia that exists in, um, or it's not the same spider that exists in what's that game from, uh, that's on the Xbox from the CRPG people. Outward, outward? No, not outward. Grounded. It's not that type of spider. They made it like normal. Obsidian. Yeah, from obsidian. There you go. Yeah, um, there we go. I got some footage of it. This is the dog running around, and I, that's me stuck. But yeah, it's so a little. How long ago did the latest expansion for the previous version come out? I thought we were talking about. Yeah, came out on PC a year ago. Oh, has it been that long? I want to say a year ago. Twenty? Oh, it was. Was it twenty nineteen? Well, it, it came out on. Was Iceborne released at console first before PC? Because it was twenty nineteen on console. Then it came out on PC. I think a year later. It was twenty twenty for PC. Yeah. So, it depends on the way you look at it. I guess Zeke, if you're thinking console release, twenty nineteen PC release was was twenty twenty. Capcom loves to make people double dip. Uh, cause I, yeah, I bought both do. of those and I'll be buying both of these <laughs> as well. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just how it is. You got it's their hooks in you. Yeah. Yeah. They really <laughs> do. They really do. It's a little obnoxious, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a fantastic game. It's, it's more monster hunter. It's also super fast paced compared to monster. Hunter. I think a lot of people would think, uh, if they've played previous monster hunters that it's slower or slow. Uh, this one is so fast paced because of all the wire bug movement stuff. Um, like if you're in mid animation to getting knocked down, if you just wire bug, you immediately like, uh, you know, evade out of that and you're back moving around and have control of your character. Um, and that's all managed through the stuff there at the bottom of the screen, but it, it really just makes the game so much faster. Um, and so much more fun. This is the, like, uh, the monster that is on the, the, not necessarily the covered 
a titular monster, I guess is what you would say. I'm not 100% certain uh, <laughs> how you would define the like game-specific monster. Flagship, I guess is what they say. Um, and he's kind of a bastard. But yeah, it's good. It's Monster Hunter. I put like 60 hours into it. I would definitely love to put more. Um, Flagship. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's a really good game. It's, it's a fantastic game. Uh, what else did I play? Oh, have you? did either of you jump into It Takes Two? Nope. Do you have plans to? Is, is it on your radar at all? Yeah. It's on my personal radar. Uh, I was I was thinking about playing it with my uh, my wife, girlfriend, whatever you want to call her. Um, <laughs> okay. Sure. I know. It's... it's what okay, do you want? What does she... Okay, first of all, the reason why I say that is because <laughs> okay. in Colorado... In Colorado, you can be common law married as long as both parties agree. Sure. And that's it. Like, it's super easy. So we we said, hey, do you want to be my wife? Do you want to be my husband? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. I guess we're married, um, according to oh. common law, Colorado law. There you go. Congratulations. But yeah. anyways, that's not, the, that's not what I, it takes two. I was going to play with her. And then she started playing with uh, her community manager. Oh. And I was like, oh. I did, well, I didn't bring it up. It's not her fault. I didn't, I didn't even bring it up. I was like, maybe I should play with Katie. She she started playing. I was like, oh, okay. So I think I'm, I'm gonna play it with with uh, my homie, my ace, Mr. Scott Evans, and see how that see how that works out. And uh, yeah, because we played, uh, me and him played uh, um, uh, the fuck the Oscars game. Um, uh, uh, a way out, a way out. There you go. We played a way out together. So uh, and that was a ton of fun. So thinking about doing this one together too. And it looks it looks like a blast. It looks very co y Dude, Very it's fun. Like one person does this thing, one person does another thing on the boss. Like I'll I'll shoot the thing and then you load the thing and you know that kind of stuff. It looks very very fun and very well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh so me and me and uh, Aaron Aurelian have played two nights now. I think maybe five or six hours. It's about a ten to fifteen hour game depending on how fast you get through all it. So there, there's some uh, game length to it for sure. Uh, I this game's phenomenal. And I didn't expect to like be ranting and raving about it, but it's just, I don't understand from like a design and, and I wish I had Rami here uh, still to talk about it. Every five minutes in this game is a completely different game. And when I say completely different game, I legitimately mean a completely different game. You're going from like a platformer to an ARPG to a flying game, to a driving simulator, to like an, uh, a fucking third person shooter to a puzzle game to like portal two style puzzles to it's just not and it's constant uh in the seven or eight hours i think we've played total we have not had like a repeat mechanic yet that wasn't crazy fun uh it, and it's it's just wild because I, I don't think i've ever experienced a game like that um that was so rapid in terms of what you were doing um every other you know five or ten minutes um, and it's all very well done and very well designed. It's not like they were half-assed in, in their attempt to make a ARPG or a uh, third-person shooter or a puzzle game. They're all just expertly done. Uh, it looks fantastic. It runs very well. The voice acting is 10 out of 10. Um, not necessarily the biggest thing, but they do a lot of, like, gender role switching. So, like, if you think about the idea of Call of Duty dude bros always being uh, the shooting person. The male character in this game does not do most of the shooting. The female character does most of the shooting 
And by proxy, uh, my fiance, Aaron, chose the female character. So she's doing all the shooting and I'm doing all the like not shooting stuff. Uh, which well, is, I was interested. Yeah. But I don't know about this. <laughs> it's really cool. It does all of it though. Um, Cause it's all, I, I didn't find myself like upset that I didn't get to shoot the gun or whatever. Um, it's very aware of itself in that regard. Um, also, when it comes to uh, the ARPG stuff, the female character plays the knight. The male character plays the wizard. Um, and that was also cool because I actually would prefer the wizard there. Uh, <laughs> so that type of stuff's great. Uh, this is like the second or third area in the game, pretty platform heavy. Um, the story stuff's a little bit weird and a little bit, I say weird because it's everything I've said makes it sound like carefree and lighthearted story is that you play two parents who are getting a divorce and the, the daughter does not want them to get a divorce. So she like wishes uh, on a book and cries and then they turn into these characters and that's what you play as these two parents who are like kind of not necessarily into one another and like bitch and moan a lot at each other. Um, but I haven't finished it yet. I got to hope slash think that they're probably going to get back together, but I've also played his other games and brothers in a way out are not cheery. So <laughs> I don't know how it's going to end. Uh, there's a lot of like mega tone shifts. For instance, there's an entire scene where you're killing her like super lovable stuffed animal. And by killing, I mean, you're like ripping it apart piece by piece. And they like make conscious effort to like make you rip it apart piece by piece <laughs> so, you will watch you'll sit there and you will watch yeah it's Ow. yeah there's a lot going on um but it's also very good at the same time but it, it's definitely like kind of all over the place tone wise like this one she's just talking to the dad who's like obviously not there because he's been shrunk down in a lot of ways and she's saying this very like heartfelt statement and the dad's just kind of a zombie doesn't respond at all and the kid like walks away depressed and then it's like, meanwhile, back with the squirrels who are fighting the wasps. Let's go. <laughs> let's see what's happening here. So hey, there's a lot of tone shifting in it, but I'm enjoying it. We'll probably finish it up this uh, this next weekend. Um, I hope to, uh, at least, but it's a little bit longer. So it's also really cool because the price of it is 40 bucks, which most people think that's pretty steep. But with the $40 thing, your partner can play for free with just a friend code. So they download the oh, game for free cool. and uh, they just, you, you invite them and you can play. Um, so it's essentially 40 bucks for two people to play, which is nice. Here's a scene where they died a wasp and they just like put this in here. So it, it's a huge tone shift. But yeah, I'm enjoying it, Zeke. Uh, I'm hoping you play it soon so that we can uh, kind of discuss it uh, once it's, it's fully done. I think it's a great game. It's very well done. It's definitely a culmination for like uh what is it he's light studios i think and and joseph fair like this is his like uh third or fourth game and it definitely feels it um they've they've kind of figured out this co-op formula in a lot of ways um and it's it's great here's a great uh, thing in terms of shifting the focus at least in this moment now we're fighting like a boss which is a giant wasp which is not really a giant wasp, but yeah. And we're playing a shooting game that's now we're dodging and all this shit. It's all over the place. It's good fun. If you have a, a friend that you want to jump into or jump into it with, for sure, play it. Is it 
uh, local and couch co-op? I think so. I think you can couch co-op. <laughs> I mean, same thing. <laughs> I mean, online and couch co-op. Yeah, I, you can definitely online. I want to think that you can... Uh, yeah, chat saying it is. We played it uh, okay. online, but the split screen stuff is for both people. So at any moment, your partner can see you play. Just like, I think it was in a way out. I think that's how it was handled there as well. Um, so, yeah. You should be good to go if, uh, if you play either way there. Uh, let me pull up some footage of it. Zeke, how is uh, Narita Boy? How does that game play? I'm excited to hear about it too. Because it sounds great from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. What do you think of it? I think, let me just pull it up here. There we go. All right. Narita Boy is just like you think it is. Uh, just like you said, I mean, JP, the soundtrack is bananas. It's real good. Uh, real, like, retro wave, hard, like, awesome electro, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, like, you can look at it and go, I bet it has this kind of soundtrack, and you would be right. But it's badass <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say there is a surprising amount of exposition when you start the game. Um, a surprising amount of, like, you talk to people. Like, I thought it was just going to be, like, Basic story, go fight. But you actually stop and you talk and you uh, uh, under like get, get uh, tidbits about the where you are and what's going on and story and exposition. Like I said, um, but once like it, it felt okay. First of all, the controls there's it's a little delay. There's like a a, a very very minor like millisecond delay. It's like when you uh, when you're it, like when you're playing like a third person game, and you press the jump button and you see the character model like bend their knees and then jump. So it's not like immediate. Huh. There was there was a, the tiniest amount of that. You get used to it. Don't get me wrong. You get used to it. But I just want like when you jump into it, there is the tiniest amount of like okay, I'm jumping now. Uh, but once you get used to it, it's super fun. When you're starting to use like all of the uh power-ups that you get in conjunction with each other like there's there's a dash there's a home run swing there's a uh um like a, a laser shot a shotgun shot like once you start using all these things in conjunction it feels really good it feels really fluid um but uh, the other thing that i had trouble getting used to was the dash the dash is just a back dash but you can use it to move forward, which is, is so strange. You see me jumping yeah. in the air. I, ba I, I dash, but I turn around and face the other way. It's not like a dash forward or back. It's like no matter what you do, you press and you and you turn. Like you either back up or you go forward and turn around. So it's that was a little little funky to get used to. Um, but uh, it's, it's a really well put together game. Um, the atmosphere it kind of reminds me of, um, of, oh, what was that? The, it was a religious themed, uh, platformer with, um, I know what uh, you're, it, I know what you're thinking about, but I blasphemy. can't, blasphemy. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Blasphemy. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like a blasphemous type of game. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, Metrovania kind of style, but also like, it's got this cool atmosphere that all like works together. It's like this techno 
uh sword and sorcery kind of a world that's like like you see like this kind of decrepit like yeah it looks badass these these robots with tv faces kind of thing uh their programs um it, and it feels like uh, a little bit like tron like you're thrust in like your your personality is like thrust into this video game world and they all they all speak as if this is the only world that that it, that they know hmm. kind of like tron like they refer to things as programs and users and and all that kind of stuff um and they talk about the code like the code of the world is the is like how things are like it's like the magic of the world is like the code and shit like that it's really cool atmospheric uh and the um the soundtrack just enhances it tenfold um it's i only played two hours of it so i didn't get like super far into it but man the two hours i played were fantastic it- really enjoyed it is this part of the like giant amount of exposition here because so far the yes (laughs) okay let me see if i can like skip to some of the action stuff because i don't that's not like is the action that stuff or is the action that few and uh far between or is it no no not really okay it's also it's because i like put on a voice voice changer and stuff and try and voice act all the all the shit I read it all out loud and all that kind of stuff, but there is a lot of it. Like for a for an action platform or Metroidvania, whatever uh, style of game, it's there's a lot more story, a lot more writing to it than I expected. I expected to be like, "You're the video game guy." You kind it kind of reminds me of Captain uh, Captain Video, I think is was his name from the Runner game. Mm. Um, he kind of reminds me of Captain Video. I was like, "You're this guy. Now go fight some shit." But it's not. It's like you're this guy. Here's some story. Fight a little bit. Here's some more story. Fight a little bit more. Here's some more. And like, and you go through the creator's memories, uh, the creator of this game, like the actual human. Um, huh. Oh, like there is no game. He looks like me in maybe now or maybe in five or ten years. He looks just like me. Did you make a game? And, and this is a like he has the chops even i didn't even plan it like the <laughs> dude has the mutton chops no shit and it's fucking hilarious because i was like what is this mess like i did this for disco elysium not for this game so what okay here's I'm, we're finally seeing a little bit yeah. of the combat yep so yeah this is they they teach you certain things they introduce you to enemies every time they introduce you to a new enemy or a new power there's a cool like intro <laughs> And it shows like a cartridge of a video game it's like you got the backdash and it's like oh yeah really satisfying like uh sound effects and and uh little cut screens hmm. um but yeah once you start like using all these things in conduction in conjunction um there's a there's a heal function there's a shotgun function like uh um if you want to pause it just for one second just sure, in case sure, it sure. goes away the top bar is your health the middle bar with the sword is is uh, it gets filled up. Those four sections. I only got to the first section. I'm guessing you unlock the remaining three, but that's your health. So the more you hit, the more that thing goes up. Mm. And then once it's full, you hold down Y and you can gain a point of health back. And right below that, it looks like three shotgun shells because you can either use them as like a shotgun, 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 or you can use it, charge it up, and use it as one laser beam and use all three of them at once. Fantastic game. I, I I absolutely loved it. 
Yeah, I was looking up how it's about how long to beat. It says it's about nine hours. Um, so okay, so yeah, I would I I would have assumed that if there wasn't like more. Oh shit! I didn't realize how much screen tear I was getting. That might yeah. be me, not you, because the on oh, okay. on me or on mine, it looks fine. Uh, yeah, it is on Game on Pass. The stream it does apparently. Oh so really? Wanna oh okay. Check it out. Yeah, I actually got it gifted to me by the devs or the the publisher. Yeah. Um. So I I'm actually playing it on Steam right now, but it is on Game Pass as far as uh the video was concerned, or when I played it was concerned. Nice. You gonna go back to it? Uh, I might. I might actually. This this was a lot of fun, and it seems like a game that I could definitely um like slot in somewhere uh quickly. Yeah. It's if like I a- like beat a game halfway through the day or something. One and done type deal. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Cool. Uh Co, you played some Evil Geniuses 2 this morning. Uh this I game, did. This game's real weird for me to hear because of being in the esports world and following a team called Evil yeah. Geniuses for literal years. I can't <laughs> like I can't get past that, but how is the actual game itself, Co? Uh honestly, it's a lot of fun. Um, it reminds me a lot and has a very some very similar mechanics to an old game called Dungeon Keeper, which uh, was one of my favorites growing up, Dungeon Keeper 1 and 2. Uh, you basically play an evil genius. You get to pick your, your mountainous lair, and it follows uh, small quests which kind of lead you through the, the tutorial and, and how to run the thing and um, just becoming an evil genius. So you have a bunch of minions, and you can control them around. You actually have a little physical representation of your mastermind as well. You can control around and execute people to get more morale and things like that uh you capture enemy agents that are constantly trying to infiltrate your base you are constantly building that while spreading your influence around the world doing small missions making money and and gaining intel and torturing people and it's pretty great so far i'm gonna be spending another day in it tomorrow and uh yeah i've really been enjoying it how much of like let me skip just skip ahead it might just answer in the actual video it looks like it's a pretty expansive thing Right? Like, there's a lot going yeah. on in this to manage. Oh, yeah. There's there's probably, like, 15-ish, 15-plus different... Um, uh, oh, yeah, that was where I got four legendaries in a single drop. That was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's probably, like, 15-ish different types of rooms. You you fill them with different utilities to give them give them functionality. Um, you have to balance your, your minions, you know, needs with uh, how they regen different stats. You have to build your base with traps and cameras and various different security things to keep Keep things running smoothly this is just one of the four floors i think you get total maybe five so you can actually build stairs and then go up and down inside the mountain there's apparently mining and stuff in the bottom that i barely looked at uh there, there's a lot of the game i've only been playing it for four hours there's a lot of the game i haven't even touched yet so i'm still literally working through the tutorial uh in four hours as i'm just like just now getting to the point where i'm picking my my uh right hand man and things like that so yeah, I mean it's been it's been really cool so far. I heard that the game released with more than a few issues, but to the wow. devs' credit, they've hot fixed it three times in the last week. And uh, a quick glance at the Reddit this morning showed me that that people are are relatively happy with how the progress has been made there. So, is it? Yeah, man, it's been fun. Is it like uh, story focused? Is it sandboxy? Is it uh, like what would you? How do you? Do- it is very sandboxy, but. It's constantly giving you carrots on a stick to go towards. So okay. it, it is it is it is very sandboxy in terms of how you put down locations and buildings, or I don't want to call them buildings, but how you allocate space 
It's very sandboxy. You can design the place however you want to. Um, there's lots of freedom in how you do that as well. And there's good and bad ways to do it. I'm quickly learning <laughs> as most of mine is bad. Um, but at the same time, you, you almost always have a good idea of where you're going next. There's kind of a main quest that constantly updates. And there's also lots of little side quests you can take. There's many objectives that can just give you money for fulfilling them. Um, anytime something goes wrong, you generally have a pop-up or something explaining what it is. You can easily tell what's going on and yeah, cool. you, you pretty much know where you're going most of the time so far. Uh, and you only played it for what three or four hours, four hours. so yeah, still pretty introductory. Then we'll oh, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll check back then next week to see how much it uh, goes from there. Were you able to like choose your evil genius at the outset, or has has that happened yeah. yet? Okay, you've already chosen. You, you pick your evil. There's four evil geniuses, and they all have relatively diverse archetypes. And then you also pick one of three different layers. So you, you can kind of pick the different layers that you, uh, that you can populate and then build in. And uh, I'm, I think that each one is a casino from what I've seen. So the whole front to your evil layer is that you are an actual tourist location with a <laughs> casino and stuff. And then the casino goes into your layer where you can then kind of like start building the rest of that kind of stuff. Nice, nice, cool. Uh, we'll check back in then uh, next week for that. Oh, I'm I'm looking at uh, games that Zeke has played and choosing from them. I watched uh, Northern Lion play this. I know exactly what this game is. How'd you handle Alt F4 here, Zeke? Uh, what do you think of this game? <laughs> you, what is this? You can look at my fucking face. Like, you see how the game is going. It's very, like, it's, it's, yep, just a... <laughs> The game is called Alt F4 for a reason. A sigh and a look at the camera. Yeah, uh, I made the mistake of first looking at the uh, the world records because it's right in the settings. It's like settings, new game, uh, world records. I was looking at the world records. It was like three minutes and 50 seconds or something. I was like, oh, so you can beat this game in four minutes. Yeah. And then I looked at it and went, okay, yeah, I get this game. Okay, so if you know everything, you can nail it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking trolley, <laughs> floaty mechanic, like, jumping and like it's the opposite of precision platformer because it's not like <laughs> it's like you jump and in the air it's one of those games that in the air you can kind of change the direction you're going and it's real i mean you can see the first jump of the game is just like yeah so like and of course it's it's meant to be uh very frustrating obviously alt f4 is the name of the game so it's meant to be very frustrating and it is it is super frustrating also because the the guy that you're playing oh here's this yeah this is my favorite mechanic a little bit into the game because there are save points in the game and they give you one save they give you one time to save the game from that point if you die you get to go you go from that point you die again Back to the very start. Um, Alt F4. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep, and there, yep. Uh, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> oh saved it. it. I, yeah, I, got, I must get hit by something. Or, yeah. What are you, you throw throwing? Chickens. 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 Oh. Yeah, you throw chickens. That's your projectile to, uh, I guess, the only thing I've seen it useful for is popping the balloons to get the save. There's that also was fall a damage, lucky by panel. the way. Yeah. <laughs> fall damage. You have a life? Yeah. Yeah, you have yes. one hit. It's kill? not. 
it's not visible. It's like you get two or three hits depending on how hard the hits or how many like they they how hard yeah. you get hit and how many hits you get in succession. Yeah. So like oh, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's four. But it's usually like between two and four, like two or three hits and you're done. Um fall damage or get hit by a by a spike or something. It's not like auto deaths. Some things are auto death. Some things aren't. Yeah. It's it's like a crapshoot, whether one thing is auto death and one thing's not. Obviously, falling is auto death. Um and thankfully this looks a lot harder than it actually is. Um your jumps are pretty well distanced properly to hit those the top of those things, unless you overcorrect. Yeah. The overcorrection unless is you what over- kills you. Yeah. Uh but it's it's a frustrating game. I played it for an hour and I'm like, I get it. I don't it. have any desire to I didn't I'm proud of myself though. I didn't let it get make me too upset because I know that's what I know that's what the fucking game wants. Yeah. And I'd be damned <laughs> if I was gonna give it what it wants. Yeah. Yeah. It uh it was fun watching I, I watched Northern Lion beat his head against this for several hours. Um it's very much like getting over it in that regard. Like it, it is yeah. the of that ilk um for yeah. sure so and it it only gets trolly and worse as you go on like this this is the very beginning uh it, oh i'm sure yeah it gets stupid in that sense can you, fast, can you go go more towards like uh, i did make yeah. a little bit of progression how far did you get here we go this yep. was a good one yep this one i've seen this this is about maybe a quarter of the way through if i recall from watching it being played this, yeah, this must be my first time getting to this area because I'm scouting it out, giving it a good peek. See, knowing like I gotta jump on this thing right before it lets me out of here, and then I gotta wait. Oh, I gotta get out of there. there you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. This game was definitely made for like YouTubers to play. It's not a, uh... <laughs> a platform to send you off. Was that a platform right there? Yeah. Walk yeah. over and it's just dead. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Would it, it's yeah it's a fall guys flipper just blink. Yeah, the the Eats other thing the map. Zeke mentioned the the saves, but to expand on that, you have to knock the saves down by throwing chickens at them, and they're on a balloon going up, so it's on a time, uh, like a timer oh, essentially. Good. So, and a lot of times, unless you're looking up, you won't see those balloons, so you just don't get checkpoints your first way or your first time through unless you see it. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, the first time you get to one, you're like, oh, good, it's a save point. Where's the save point going? Save point. What? And it disappears, and you're like. Did I get the save? Yeah. And then eventually you figure out, like, no, you have to pop the balloon that the save is on. It's on a, uh, I think it's on a global timer. I'm not sure if it's a global timer or a, uh, you trigger it to start going up once you hit a certain point. Yeah. But you have to, like, you get, like, two, maybe three shots at popping that balloon. If you don't hit it, there's, there's done. one. Perfect. And yeah, you the fucking angle of it is shitty. Yeah. Like, if you got to switch, you can switch to first person, by the way. To help aim, yeah. Yeah, to help you aim. But you get one save, and that's it. One save at that location. You die once, you go back. You die again. Back to the beginning. <laughs> it's yeah. two bucks uh, for all that, if you feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you feel like $2. pain, it's $2. You can grab it. For sure. Uh, that was my choice, because we're only, uh, we have about 10 minutes left. Zeke, any Indie Sunday yeah, games I, from, I... like, the past three weeks because we haven't really done yeah i put show. one in the the slack i put the, the oh, highlight perfect. in the slack yeah, yeah uh rhythm doctor okay uh yeah got it what's uh what's with rhythm doctor about rhythm doctor is a one button game it's space bar and space bar only that's all you have to do 
spacebar. Um, but it's a rhythm game. So uh, what you have to do is you have to time that one button press to what they say. Uh, or what you have, the, the character you're trying to heal. Basically, you're, you're like, they're outsourcing, uh, like, heart, like, like, heart shocks. Like, you're the defibrillator, basically. Oh, okay. But they're outsourcing it across, like, uh, like outside of the hospital. So you're like an intern that doesn't ever go into the hospital, but you press a button and it hits their heart and keeps it in rhythm. Okay. Right? So uh, you start out by, the name of the company, the name of the developer is Seventh Beat Games. Because the first guy, the samurai guy, is a, like you hit the space bar on the seventh beat. He goes, dent, 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 hit. Starts off easy. And then... It just starts getting more and more complicated as far as, like, when you hit it. It's not like on every seventh beat, they'll speed up the, the time signature. So it's like, and then they'll have, like, three different, like, people at the same time. And you see those X's in there? That's when the music skips a beat. So it'll be like, and then you have to hit it. It's fucking crazy, and it's fucking fun. The music in it is spectacularly good. Um, absolutely had a blast with it. But the thing that I did not expect about this game is the dialogue in it is pretty, like, heartbreaking sometimes. Like, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, it's just going to be a rhythm game. And then you read some of the dialogue, like, I, like, I got, like, a little sniffled up. <laughs> At a at a part, I was really? like, it just it hit me, it reminded me of something, like reminded me of something that happened in my life, and I was just like, you know, I didn't expect that to happen, but I'm sitting <laughs> like I was like wiping tears away, I was like, I did not see this coming, <laughs> but it's wow. it, it all wrapped up in like a a very fun rhythm game, and the the other thing is every every uh, stage you beat, every every like. Uh, person you help like you're helping a uh, a minor yeah and a minor with like a mining for coal or whatever you're helping a minor and then once you beat the stage you can do like the b-side which is like a different uh stage like a more difficult version of that stage sometimes so you'll do like the regular version and then you'll do the the like uh b-side what was it's i can't remember night version it's the day version and the night version. Um, and uh, there is one, if you can go back just a bit, you'll, you'll, you'll know it because you can see my desktop in the, behind the video. I want, to, I want you to see this because it's fucking cool. Might be, keep going. Oh, there it is. Yep, this right here. This is the is the level called 2X, I think is what it's called. And, uh, oh, I think it just got done. You might have to go. Yeah, you have to go back just to scotch. There you go. Okay, here we go. This. Oh, wow. Is in an actual window. That's, that's cool. It moves out in and out of frame. And it, it like, you'll see it like moves all over the place. It is fucking it's a very cool does it go on like, your other monitors quality. 
you know, I have I don't have spread monitors. It's ah. I have copy monitors. Uh, but I haven't tried it yet. That's sick. Uh, as far as extended, That's it does awesome. go to extended monitors. Okay, it goes across extended monitors. People are saying that's really um, cool. But yeah, it like really pops cool. in and out. It's very. It's like it's like fourth wall breaking. Like, oh, also, I did this, and it like shrunk the window. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And <laughs> yeah, I went, that's a nightmare for I a went, streamer. <laughs> I went Alt Enter, and it goes, and the 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 window goes. I was like, what the fuck? I went Alt Enter again. It goes. I was like, okay. And then this shit, I was like, oh, that's on purpose. Oh, dude. But yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Did you beat it? Great. I No, I didn't. I didn't beat it. Uh, I got to like the third stage of the train thing or whatever. Uh, I actually played this for three hours. I gave it another hour. Wow. Um, after because I wanted to, I, I, it's fun to replay levels. Yeah. Uh, because it, once you get like the, a handle on something, they give you a they give you a grade at the end. They give you like A's, B's, C's, S's, um, stuff like that. And you have to get certain grades to unlock other songs. So it gives you motivation. Like I got to play that again. I only got a B. I got to get an A to A plus to unlock the night mode of this song. But it's yeah, it's really good and it's worth it. Like if you like. A cozy stream this would be great for that because it's like you can play it for two hours you can play it for three whatever but it's super high like uh uh engaging in the music is is just makes it like that much more fun and it's got pretty goddamn cool uh dialogue in it like there's there's like stories of love stories of loss all all with like this in this little like few uh, back and forth between characters you like get a feel of who they are hmm. and some of the shit you're just like you know that you know that response says i'm in this post and i don't like it like yeah. there's a lot of that shit huh. like i i was like i'm in this game and i don't want i don't like it <laughs> like, like they got it exactly how i felt about this certain thing yeah yeah that looks and cool and i'm downloading it how much was it co when you bought it uh 15 bucks okay does it seem like there's 15 bucks worth of a game here, Zeke? I'm not sure. I don't know about the, con- the like how much content there is. Content it is is really, really solid. Yeah. I know I played for three hours. I probably have a couple more hours. Uh, it is in early access. Oh, Bear in mind, it is in early access right oh. now. So if you're thinking about buying it, maybe wait till it's out of early access. Sure. It is $15.99. You can get the, uh, the sound... Track? I think it says the uh, it says a by Rhythm Doctor a Dance of Fire and Ice bundle, and I think the soundtrack is five. No, oh no no oh never mind. Sorry, my bad. That's not the soundtrack. That's not the OST. It's a, it's a different game. Sorry, forget I said anything about that. But it's <laughs> still in early access, fifteen ninety nine. Depending on the content or how long it lasts, maybe wait till it's out of early access. But what it is. Like what I what I played so far, I loved absolutely loved it. There was a like a Nintendo rhythm game I think that came out on uh, like maybe the DS or something. I just oh. can't think of it. Oh. Um, but I was curious if it, this seems much more narrative focused. Where that was like Rhythm Heaven. That was that's that was why Rhythm Doctor reminded me of that. Did you ever play Rhythm Heaven? I thought you I thought you were talking about Sayonara Wild Hearts. No, no. I guess that's another one that might be a little similar to this. 
that's a fantastic rhythm game. A bit short for yeah. what I, what you pay for it, but it's fucking fantastic. Really, really good. But Elite, I didn't. I never played Rhythm Heaven though. Elite Beat Agents. That was the one I was. There's a lot of different Japanese rhythm games, but Elite Beat Agents was fantastic back in the day. Uh, this looks somewhat similar to that, a little bit, uh, but like I said, much more narrative focused from what you said. Um, cool. Uh, oh, is this only PC? You said it's early access, so I don't think it's out on other stuff yet. I'm not sure. Okay. I only I only saw it on uh on Steam, but cool. Uh, Rhythm Doctor seems good. Says, yep, looks like Steam is the only place I. Oh, and then you can on Switch, oh. Switch and Steam. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. Check it out. That's the show. Let's do some shoutouts. Zeke, you good? Shoutouts. We're done already. Yeah, it went quick. That, that Ron, I mean, you just spent so much fucking time talking about Disco Elysium that we didn't have time for anything else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so long anyone ever watch? Anyone ever watch Brain Games? I think it was a, like a children's series on HBO way back in the day. And then every time it was done, it'd be like, Brain Games is now over. And it was like this weeping voice. That's how I felt today. Huh. Drop Frames is now over. All right. Uh, if you guys want to see me eat, mashed potatoes and search for some turkey <laughs> i will be on tomorrow at 10 a.m pacific doing the, eating those taters doing more disco elysium i'm gonna re reshave this part so i so i got the uh chops the raphael the detective raphael ambrosius Castot. get it you know get it a little bit more camp than it is um and uh yeah i'll be playing that thursday friday saturday We'll see. Like, I don't know how long it is, but man, it's a lot longer than people said it was going to be, at least for me. Um, but yeah, Disco Elysium continues, and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I don't know if we're going to beat it in that time. I, I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Uh, and then Sunday's any Sunday. Monday. Uh, oh, Monday. I'm t- I'm going to try it. I'm going to toy. I'm to- I've been toying around with the idea, but Monday, we're gonna we're gonna dub it Hermona. What? Because we're gonna be continuing our run of Persona Three on Mondays, so oh, oh man, that's what's, okay. that's that's the schedule for the coming the coming week. Three days of disco, indie Sunday, and then Permona on Monday. So, thanks for watching. Check me out Ezekiel underscore II on all the things. Thought this was like a cat thing. Uh, <laughs> go do some shoutouts. Hello, everybody. My name is Ko. As always, big thanks to JP and Zeke. And, of course, Rami. Always a pleasure to have him on. Uh, my name is Ko. I stream every day at 8 a.m. We're going to be doing Evil Genius 2 tomorrow morning. We're going to be back tonight in about two and a half hours, probably to do some Outriders build adjustment and uh, keep working on that. And uh, as we move into the weekend, we're going to be hopefully finishing Persona 5 Strikers, more Disco Elysium, and maybe some other fun stuff as well. We'll have to see. But, as always, thank you for watching, and we will see you next week. You were a little fuzzy after all this. You were right. It was the chroma key. I have no idea why. There you go. You're oh. a little, the chroma key was too high. That's why. Now it looks sharper. Go. We fixed it at the very end of the show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, beautiful. And nothing of value was lost. It's true. It's true. Uh, um, tomorrow, what am I doing? Oh, we're going to be playing the new, uh, I guess, alpha of Diablo 2, which would be a weird thing to go back to after their however long, 20 years after whenever that game was out. Uh, that's jumping into alpha. That'll probably be tomorrow and Friday, Saturday and Sunday, more final fantasy raids, uh, Saturday and Sunday evening. I'll be jumping into it takes two. 
Uh, we'll also be watching the Path of Exile reveal stuff tomorrow. I think that's happening at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern uh, for all that stuff uh, for 3.14. Um, what was that, Coke? Said sigh. They always they always start it right when I'm getting off for the day. Yeah, I guess that is 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, yeah, yeah I, they're showing like Poe two stuff. I don't. We've been sponsored to say that they're showing Poe two stuff, but they didn't fucking show us the Poe two stuff. So we have to watch <laughs> with all of you uh, <laughs> tomorrow, which is what we'll be doing. And then next week, I'll uh, of course be jumping into that league uh, on Friday. So that's the plan for now. Hope to see you guys on uh, any of our streams slash all of our streams. We'll be back next week talking about all the stuff that we just said we were going to play probably and uh, maybe even have a guest or so to uh, to join us on that. Uh, that's it for Drop Frames. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday for more. We're out of here. Bye-bye. <laughs>